Leopard changed his logo to Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. <laughs> he did. <laughs> You're right. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're live. I see Def Leopard uh, as Mr. Hanky in there. What's up, Def Leopard? What's up to, to chat? To, 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 to chat. I can't even speak right now. Um, hi, everybody. Welcome to XUP Xbox Ultimate Podcast, episode number 113. Got to have a smaller panel today. We're a little shorthanded. Three bit came through, though. He's actually here. So it doesn't matter because. He's going to give us all the inside deets, right? Um, and so we're going to have lots of fun speculation here today. Uh, lots of awesome discussions. And I want to say thanks to the chat, uh, as always, for joining us. Uh, again, shout out to Def Leppard. Mitchie dies a lot. What's up? Talos Ray. Uh, Ghost Fixter. How's it going? Alvin, how are you? Shane, what up? What up? What up? RSJ fan. Hey, what's up? What's up? Um, so we're going to uh, have some fun discussion regarding Halo Infinite Forge today. We'll talk about Eidos Montreal. Which three bid may not be able to touch on that. Um, also, some discussion about let's see uh, the game awards and there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. I can't remember what it was now. We talked about it beforehand, but I'll figure it out during the show. Um, okay. <laughs> but how how is everybody? How, how you doing, Jasper? We'll start with you, man. Uh, I've been doing the same thing for like the last week, and that's playing Marvel Snap and Modern Warfare. I just. Yeah. Sometimes at the same time, also, just in between matches, I'll just have a snap game. <laughs> Marvel Snap is very addicting. I still got yeah. a lot to learn with it, though. Like, um, I found out I wasn't snapping like I was supposed to be uh, for a long time, and it's kept me at a low level because I am not snapping, and then people are snapping against me. So when I lose, it like double hurts, but when I win, I don't really gain that much. So yeah. I need to learn to snap. Uh, even though I've won majority of my games not advancing like you guys are i think you're like almost level 70 or something yeah i went on a losing streak i'm down to 60 now so <laughs> oh you suck <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> yeah. they call snap as like a thing from thanos like i think like, that's, that's kind of where they, they got get that. it from yeah it when you snap half of the population disappears in the game um <laughs> no that's not what happens uh shout out to fuzzy what's up fuzz how are you doing man we didn't get to have fsp this week because of halloween I had yeah. things going on, so this is a first chance we've had to talk this week, man. How, how are you been? Been doing pretty good, yeah. For the Halloween night, my my kids were even well. They didn't do the traditional trick or treating because they're older teens now, but they did get dressed up. One is the Joker, and uh, one is a uh, band member from Green Day. <laughs> so they had some fun, and man, nice. just saw some some uh, what do you call them? Some Game Pass family news. Well, from Idle Sloth earlier today, so I'm I'm kind of pumped about that. Trying to figure out when that that's actually going to drop, but uh, man, so good to be here. Can't wait to get into these topics with you guys. <laughs> that was the other thing. So thank you for reminding me. Yeah, the Xbox Family Plan. Yeah, the Game nice. Pass Family Plan. Yeah, they. Uh, he he Idle Sloth, I guess, had it on his um, Twitter or whatever. He posted a picture that the Family Plan was available for him to choose from. Right. Mm. That's pretty sweet. Uh, so we'll talk about that later, uh, what the pricing was and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we also have the amazingly talented 3-Bit uh, showing his presence today. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Um, I just downloaded Marvel Snap during this show, so I'm going to see what the hype is all about. It's really yeah. cool when, when mobile games get like hype, because you know it has to be good, because most people will be trashing mobile games. Yeah, A lot of so. us are Marvel nuts, too, so it kind of fits. You know, with yeah, that. so I'm excited to try that out. But yeah, I've just been busy with work. Uh, I played some games, so 
I uh, played Plague's Tale and, and I'm almost done with that and uh, some scorn. So it's been a good, good week. Uh, just been busy. Uh, Halloween was a thing. Yeah, that was the thing. I was it, dressed as Georgie. Yeah, and your, my, your girlfriend was uh, was Pennywise. Yeah, it was yeah. Pennywise, and uh, that was that was really fun. I I originally had my my arm cut out, like or or like I was my arm was tucked in half the time, and then my sleeve, but I got kind of yeah, I was kinda tired, so I put it back. Out. It's funny because my daughter <laughs> and her best friend went as Georgie and Pennywise, also. <laughs> my daughter That's was Pennywise, and her best friend was Georgie. Except her mom uh, got instead of going for the Georgie tr- uh, raincoat, she found a Coraline one. So the the raincoat actually said Coraline on the bottom. So oh, everywhere yeah. they went, people have been like, "I'm confused because you look like Georgie, but it says Coraline." Um, <laughs> but the she did have the balloon, right? Nice. So it nice. made it make sense. Did you have a balloon three bit? I didn't have a balloon. So what? She, she beat me there. There was no balloon. How can you go as Georgie and not have a red balloon attached to you? It was too much work. Too much work? Just to <laughs> tie a balloon around your wrist and just like... <laughs> oh, we just forgot about a balloon. Oh, okay. That's fine. So you, yeah. you went as a, half, as a half-assed Georgie. Yeah. Well, I had blood, kind of fake blood on my... So yeah, he, that wasn't too much work, but bringing a balloon was, was too much work? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I've been playing Marvel Snap too. Uh, so Marvel Snap is a game I actually. Here's the thing: some of these mobile games come to console. That game would be a smash hit if it was on Xbox or in PlayStation right now, uh, on consoles. Like the, the fact that it's only on PC and mobile, I get that's where the most of the market is. Right, the majority of the market is pc and mobile uh console is like a, a smaller sector of the market which is crazy to think right because we're all think of gaming as consoles and stuff growing up with that but uh xbox even released the charts and everything and mobile gaming is like dwarfs all the other markets right so uh but however i think it would still drive a lot of hype and talk about the game more if they brought it to consoles and it would be fun to battle against friends and stuff with a game like that they said they're adding a friends like battle mode or something eventually. Yeah, so. yeah for mo- for mobile. So which means they got to figure out how to add you and stuff on yeah. with our email <laughs> accounts and stuff like our Google accounts and stuff like that. I got to figure out how to do that. I, I, I've never really messed with mobile playing with friends and stuff. So it'll be interesting. But I do want to do that because I bet I can beat you, Jasper. Even though if you're level sixty, I mean, it just comes down to luck a lot of the times. Just whatever yeah. locations you get and whatever the board hand. says. Yeah. Have yeah. you have you tried it at all, Fuzz? No, I haven't tried it. I, 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 it's one of those things where because of it looking like kind of like a card game, I was like, eh, I'll, you know, I'll yeah. wait or I'll pass on it for now. But it sounds like you guys are having a ton of fun with it, so I'm kind of my my interest is peaked. But Pong even loves it. Pong loves it. Psycho loves it. Like. We're all playing it right now. Like it's crazy, and I, like it's not like I had to sell Pong on it or no, none of us did. He just took it upon himself <laughs> to play this mobile game. Um, and for Marvel fans or like guys that are like really into that kind of stuff, like the card art, that's what drew it to me. And remember at the Disney D twenty three Expo, they had the uh, a bunch of mobile games there, and that one kind of stood out to me a little bit because it just looked really like graphically cool with the cards and stuff like if you like marvel and you like the art side of it a lot 
then you'll really appreciate what they have going on with all the characters and the cards and stuff. Hmm. And all the cards have their individual abilities and things like this. Um, so and they also have their own animations. Like when yeah. you play, go to play Ant Man, he like shrinks really small, like on the board yeah. or whatever. Like he plays Cyclops, he shoots out a laser beam. Yeah, the lasers like, like constantly shooting I, at the top of the screen. I, I, I couldn't tell if it was real. I seen it like an Uncle Ben card. And I think then, they they found that yeah. in like a data mine. It's like if you play him, it like pulls Spider Man out or something. Interesting. Yeah, it does something like um, it's like you pull Spider Man out and you can never use him again or something like that. It's like something really messed up. Yeah, yeah. So Dev asked, "How much do you have to spend?" Here's here's the kicker. It's free. Yeah, I mean you can buy stuff in the game if you want, right? And obviously, I would say game, this so. is probably like the best mobile game like economy like you don't like it's you can get everything without spending a dollar like a lot of yeah. mobile games they like pay a hundred dollars and get this pack or whatever it's like yeah like i don't feel like i have to spend money there's some small transactions you can do if you want to upgrade your cards faster or if you want to like buy specific cards and stuff like that but like you can completely do you make it you like you make your decks based on the cards that are available to you uh that you've already pulled and you unlock them pretty frequently just by playing and you right. can't buy new characters, really. You can only buy variants, like different variants of art for the characters. So. Right. So it is the characters the same. It's just a different look for the yeah. card. So, so, so you're buying. You can only buy the variants of cards you already have, or uh, I would assume or, so. Yeah, I'm not. I don't sure. know. I haven't. I didn't buy any of the cards. So I don't know how that works. Yeah. But I mean, I have a lot of cards, and I haven't spent any money. And, and like, I, you you make your own decks, so you're really only using like how many is in a deck, Jasper? Like ten cards? Twelve. Twelve. You're only using 12 cards at a time. So you can make multiple decks and have different play styles and stuff like this. It's really cool. I, I'm really appreciating the game. So I would like it on consoles. So if you are a Marvel Snap developer out there, <laughs> if you uh, work on Marvel Snap, who I don't even know who publishes this game, um, bring it to consoles. But why just PC and mobile, huh? You don't like us over here on Xbox? You don't like us on, you don't like people on PlayStation? You, you uh, think you're too good for consoles? What's going on? You know, bring it, bring it to consoles. Let's go. Uh, you, I think you get a lot it. of hype behind it. Should not be that hard. Yeah. Uh, Shane says, "Oh my god, you guys are turning into mobile gamers." Just <laughs> kidding. I play Spades on your phone all day. But I used to play the shit out of Candy Crush. I'm not gonna lie. Like I don't even know what level I'm at in the Candy Crush. It's really high. Maybe um, it was Angry Birds. I played the Angry crap Birds. Out of it. I, I, yeah, oh, I played yeah. that for a while too. Um, that and uh, Plants vs. Zombies. I played the heck out of those two games. Yeah. This is mobile gaming ultimate uh, here <laughs> on uh, on Speculation. But uh, yeah, this is actually the first mobile game I've really gotten into since like Candy Crush and Angry Birds. I really, I really don't play that much on mobile at all. So it's pretty cool getting into this. Uh, but I have been playing Kishi still uh, with um, uh, playing NBA 2K, which works really well on that for some reason with remote play. Uh, I did try playing last night. I tried playing Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer in bed on the Kishi. I do not recommend that in remote play. Um, it, latency and stuff is fine, but controlling your character with the sticks and being able to aim and shoot is just not there, right? Um, so that's where I don't know, like all these multi- multiplayer mobile shooters, how these people do it. Is it on touch? Is it just on screen controls? How do you do you play shooters at mobile, Jasper? I've played Call of Duty Mobile quite a bit. Do you play with like a, a with a attachment, or do you play like on screen controls? I do both sometimes. Depends. Like 
if like when I was really when I first started playing Call of Duty Mobile, I like got like pretty decent at the touch controls. It's you have to hold it weird and your hands start cramping up. So then I went and got a controller to play with the controller. Well, and so. plus your fingers like take clawing. up the screen. Yeah. <laughs> so you can you can move around the uh like the icons. So like if you want the shoot button to be like at the top, you can move the you can move all the touch controls on the screen. Right. So. so what what controller do you use? You use like an actual controller or do you use the like... Xbox controller Bluetooth? Okay. So that's what I need to do if I were to try it. Like I'm, I'm trying to use the Kishi. It is it's not cutting it. Uh, but they do have those what things where you can have like you know like the the, the claw thing grabs your phone. You know. Yeah, like, that's what I have for my. I don't. Once you fucking put your phone on that and the controller, it weighs like ten pounds and like holding <laughs> that for like. Long, that's so why it's I like, don't ah, do it. Whatever. Yeah. Um. We'll see. Maybe one of those handheld gaming devices would be better, like the like the G Cloud or like the uh, Razer Edge. I think so. Mm. Well, the Razer Edge is a Kishi, so that's not going to be better. Yeah. Which one was uh Jet? Jez referring to was it the key like he was saying like oh um he said wait until wait until something yeah that was he was saying wait till the razor you know because uh, that day is the day they announced the razor um but yeah there's lots of cool devices and stuff coming up but let's get into some uh interesting xbox news everybody well in three days or four days now and on 11 8 we're getting the winter update for Halo Infinite. And with that comes Forge. And we got some more Forge information today. And uh, more news regarding this update. It turns out the pit's not going to be there right away. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> However, uh, they did talk about how they're going to be implementing uh, Forge maps into matchmaking eventually. And be able to take community Forge maps and put it in matchmaking and all this kind of stuff. Uh, they also talk about how... Forge is even though it says beta, it's not going anywhere, and it's also like really robust. And I think it's launching probably with more content than any Forge has kind of had in it before, anyway. Um, so this is going to be a really like big time experience for Halo Infinite, and I think this is, marks the end of the content drought for Halo. And I'm wondering because on Xbox first party wise, this year's been a little light. You know, we still have Pentiment coming out and. Uh, but Halo Infinite Forge may end up being... I, I have a feeling I'm, that this is going to become a surprise thing and going to be huge, and you're going to see stuff everywhere about it within like a, a week or two after Forge is released. Does it stay, though? I think so, because I think it'll drive the community back, because people are playing COD right now, you know, but like, this is the next another thing that's coming... And if it's free to play, remember the Halo Infinite's free to play. So anybody will have a chance to go in there and just try it, right? So you may have people that are just creative-minded individuals wanting to see what they can do without even having to buy a game. All of a sudden, you got access to what I would say is more of a um, not just a map editor, but more of like a almost like a mini in game engine tool set you have at your disposal. They're even talking about adding. Um, AI and stuff eventually from the campaign and stuff down the road to the, to it as yeah. well. So you'll be able to do scripting and things like this. Like they're really giving like a lot more tools to the people's disposal. Now I, I get your trepidation because <laughs> I, you know, you're talking about, you know, going against call of duty and all these things. Right. But a free to free tool that's out there to the masses that anybody can go. I think you're going to have some interesting creativity show up out of nowhere and you're going to have some pretty cool stuff start showing up. I agree with all that, but I just don't know how big of a 
jumping the needle like for population or whatever this is going to be for the game because forge is like i would say probably the nichest community that halo has uh and i just don't know like i think you'll see probably like a lot of stuff on it like the first week but again once modern warfare warzone comes out which is also a free-to-play experience i think you'll start seeing a lot of the big streamers go back to that and i just don't think forge is it's amazing it's good and all that i just don't know if it's enough to just move the needle on halo i here's what it, it depends on what the creators create that the community might be interested in right because remember like things like uh griff ball to halo by storm and and you know like uh what was some of the other modes they had like the rocket uh, well griff ball it wasn't necessarily it was a forge mode but it was also they rooster teeth made that as part of their animated show so it kind of got like a marketing through that so Right. So that's um, what I'm getting at, though. You're going to have some streamers start to make some stuff. You're going to have... I, I I bet there's going to be some people out there that start playing some kind of crazy creation out there, and people will be like, oh, that's stupid fun, and laugh at it. And be like, I'm going to go try that, or go. I want to go make my own thing. Uh, I have a feeling it could catch on. Fuzzy, do you think there's a chance here for Halo to have a big resurgence this holiday? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I know Forge is one of those things where a lot of people have been kind of on the sidelines waiting for it to make its appearance and stuff but just given all the tools and stuff that we can try and mess around with stuff that alone is is going to be enough to bring some people into at least you know experiment even if it you know is only for like the month of december or whatever the case may be i i, I think it's going to give it enough um you know attention and and you know re- people returning to at least try things out for themselves and you know i i think you're on to something as far as it possibly producing you know the next you know, a little mini game or, or something that somebody comes up with that, that people, will, you know, just have, you know, I guess it's more like a stupid fun type of thing where you just, you know, play around with it as opposed to, you know, going for like more of a, a serious BR or something along those lines. I can see people doing not really a Mario Kart type of deal. I mean, but... people will make BR and stuff before in Forge before fucking Halo stirs out, so. So yeah, I, I I think this will definitely bring some people back. So yeah, we'll, it just we'll depends see. also on how you can find the content. Like if there's no search that's feature right, yeah. or share feature, like that's just going to even hurt. Did it they more, get so. into some of that today with with this um, and how discoverability is going to work for these forge maps? Because they said in the past where like if you make a creation, you'll be able to upload that and people can like download it if you make it a public thing or whatever. So. Mm. right i think they need to have like a greatest of the community list or something or like some kind of like place where in a lot of games uh, that have map editors do this like even trials hd and stuff has like highlighted like top downloads or top uh favorites or, or yeah whatever, they've done that you know in the I mean? fast where you like give it a heart or a like or whatever mm-hmm. and like whatever has the most likes whatever's like at the top of the trending like and maybe that's stuff. not going to be there at launch i'm not sure you know but i i think that's something that we could probably count on that it will be there eventually um, if not, that'd be a huge mistake. Um, three, but what do you think about Forge, man? Is this the resurgence potentially for Infinite? Um, I'm. I, I guess I'm in the same boat as Jasper. I don't know how much it will move the population. I just think they introduced this so late. Maybe there's just so many amazing games coming out right now. Mm-hmm. I I think it has potential. Like if there's this one, like a really fun game mode and and, it, and maybe someone does a TikTok of it or something and it blows <laughs> up. I could see that like bringing in a lot of people like um like a Toy Story game mode or or um 
like a Spider-Man game mode or, or something. I don't know. Just something where people are like, whoa, that looks fun. And it brings people in. I could see that happening. Um, well, but at the same time, I could also like, I think a lot of people left Halo once they realized that content drought uh, was a, was like pretty prevalent. So I don't know. I'm half and half. And I'm very excited. Like for me as a Halo fan, I'm very yeah. excited for for forge like um especially what they were talking about i guess it was today where they w- was announcing that the ai feature could be a thing that that excited the heck out of me the fact that you can add ai to it maybe in the future or they're yeah. just at least discussing it um like for this is the most powerful forge in halo to date for sure um so i think we'll see a lot of creativity over time. I think what three for three needs to do, but they already said they're not going to do, but they really should think about is having a, a, a matchmaking experience where it's a lot of forge maps. Yeah. They talk um, about that as well. Uh, there was a Q and a, right? So they said not on like day one. Or yeah, something. exactly. I'm just like, cause I got to get the maps there. I just don't know how long like I think you'll see like an initial jump in like people coming back like just trying out Forge and stuff but like the people that are really already diehard Forge they're going to stay there they're going to keep making Forge but like just people like kind of us I think we're going to hop in like every now and then and like mess with stuff but I just don't see see the longevity of people staying where, where I'm coming from is not necessarily the creators like like exp making it explode because of the creators themselves. I'm talking about the intrinsic the effect people, yeah, that like, w- yeah. would happen because of the stuff the creators make, right? That adds more of a content pipeline, right? That, uh, obviously, there's not a huge, massive amount of people that are making stuff, but I will say because this is free-to-play, there may be more than usual in this game. Uh, making content because anybody that's just interested in trying to make something like within a game could just dabble with it, right? You just you don't even have to buy it. You can just download it and make something. Now, with the ease with the ease of access to that, there is a potential to be more. However, that's not really the, the most important thing. Even if you have like a small amount of creators, it's what matters is the quality that they put out. Yeah, right. So if they put out something that's mind blowing. And it just blows up on Twitter, blows up on uh, if Twitter exists, <laughs> blows up on uh, YouTube or blows up wherever. You I know, just I think- yeah, I just it's kind of hard because like I don't see like something like Fortnite's. I don't think going to come out of this, but I think you see something like maybe like Among Us or Fall Guys where you get that initial big game where like everyone's playing it for like a month or two and then they kind of just no one plays it. Right. Anymore. But then you have the next thing, potentially <laughs> the next thing, yeah. and the next thing. So the pipeline, I think, is where I'm getting at with this because where we've been missing the number one complaint, that's their biggest content issue. Like three for three, like there's a lot of stuff that they put in this patch that should have been there in like three months in (laughs) or something like to be honest, like a lot of these features, like, like amazing. And I'm, I'm finally glad they are coming to halo. I think they are just, um, way far out like basic things that should have been in there uh pretty early on not to say i'm not excited for it like i'm very excited for forge and stuff but i I think in terms of population like people who was tuning into halo every single day for those first three four months 
um and and didn't see like kept seeing recycled emblems or recycled armor um and we're still seeing recycled things <laughs> in the store uh almost a year or two uh in a, so. a, a year a year um it feels like two but it's only been a year dang <laughs> yeah it feels like a while so i, I think this is a, a good start to a, a healthy population i i think um like having forge could introduce like honestly what they should have done is add forge but also add a multiplayer mode with forge maps i think that's just smart um giving people like more incentive to even try out for uh like forge maps they're adding a couple of forge maps they st- to, so. to the multiplayer yeah. okay yeah. but i guess more of a community mode is what i, what I was thinking yeah really dumb modes like because then at the end of reach they started they made like a just a forge playlist where like they made a, like a bunch of classic halo maps and forge and like you could just i mean they all looked gray and shit because it was halo reach forge yeah. but it was all gray <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i remember those yeah um but yeah, yeah, I, I'm overall, I'm I'm super excited for the fact this is what what might change my mind on like how many people come back is how powerful this forge is and and really the potential because people just early iterations of forge people are making like their own version of Call of Duty which is not possible in like the other forges or um it's like I'm just yeah, scripting and stuff yeah, like that. I'm just coming from it because like being in the Halo community like I've seen like. In Halo 5, there's a lot of Forge game modes that kind of popped off, but no one ever really went looking for it. Because there was like one time they like made a Halo 5 BR. Like it was a BR in Halo 5. It was like it kind of spread around Twitter for like a day or two, and then no one talked about it. So it's yeah. like, I don't know. And I am basing on that too. I'm just like, maybe because. I don't know the the fact that this forge is so powerful. I'm I'm think I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you, Jasper. But I'm just like hopeful because I love you yeah. so much. Well, this is that... where the free to play effect has a bonus. It's easier to get players back yeah. in and engage in a free to play game and invite new players in when something. Seems Those like factors exciting. could affect yeah. it. Like I, I I think uh there's still like a good amount of people playing Halo Infinite, but uh, I'm hoping that adding forge, adding the co op will bring some people back in um so well i don't know <laughs> we'll yeah see. I, I i'm gonna jump back in so i know like yeah people like i'm gonna stream it. forge i'm gonna make some maps and stuff like i'm a, i'm really looking forward to doing that i like creatively it just it seems like fun you know and then like see if we can get the community to play on some of our maps and like test them out and like make some new stuff it just sounds like a blast to me you know what i mean um yeah. and it, it, if we keep making new stuff and keep playing things there's like that content issue is gone now we just get to make and experiment with whatever the hell we want. And yeah, that just like, seems like a blast to me, you know? Like, I, I think, like, if you think back to, if you go back to this channel and then you look back on our Friday nights, it was, we always used to play, like, custom games and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, um, some of it was Forge, um, and some of the custom options were, were fun. I think that's a lot harder to do in Infinite to make like a lot of different custom games and like um, right now. Well, for the, yeah, they for need the longest right time, you, you couldn't even save it, or if you did, it would like glitch out yeah. and it would just reset. So it's <laughs> yeah. So I think fixing stuff like that when we have like a, a huge Infinite game night uh, will help. Um, I think when I think about Halo, I think about a sandbox of many things. And it feels kind of restrictive in a lot of different areas. 
I'm also someone who played Halo 3 Forge like nonstop. Like I have like 5,000 Halo 3 custom games. <laughs> it's just so like me too. I, me too. Yeah. Uh, I've played I mean, like, I, Halo 3 for like stuff. two years straight, just like custom games, Forge maps and shit. So like I probably have more custom games in Halo 3, and I played that game for like five plus years. Yeah. Uh I probably have more custom games than like multiplayer games because I remember that was a super yeah. fun time. Um just I like, overheated I read Ring 2 Xboxes on Halo 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many, so I, I how many red rings did you get? 3-bit? Uh, I think I only got one. One? What wow. about you? What about like you, Fuzz? Did you, Fuzz, did you have was, a 360? It was on Halo 3. It was on Halo 3. Fuzz, you're on mute if you're, if you're talking. One, my check, my check. There you go. <laughs> you're back. Okay. <laughs> did you have any red rings or did you not? Did you skip the 360? I think you said you skipped the 360. I I completely skipped the yeah, 360. Right. I was uh uh pretty calm. PC to PS3, <laughs> and then I wound up going with PS4. Like the right the 360 was just one of those things where I I was mad at Microsoft for what they did with uh what do you call them uh, Windows ME and and Windows Vista. Like I was like, how why would I buy a console from people that at least from from my standpoint? Although you know talking with like Kiasante, it was. More so that they were trying to get everybody to upgrade like their motherboards and things mm-hmm. for PC. So that's where Vista kind of came in to, you know, kind of start anew. But to me, it was like, no, I want to keep my Voodoo graphics card because that was the best. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if I trust NVIDIA and stuff like that. So I was like, why would I even trust these guys with a, uh, you know, a console if, if they kind of screwed over, you know, PC gaming with the operating system? Or at least that's how I saw it back then. But, uh, yeah, I, I missed out completely on the 360. I had, I think I had three. Oh, I got red two. Rings. I got two. My bad. Two. I got two. Yeah. yeah. Did y'all remember doing the towel trick? Y'all, anybody here do the towel I never, trick? I just sent the damn thing back. Well, like <laughs> and if, if you're playing at like one a.m. or whatever, and then it, it, you get the ring, like it's like okay, I want to, I want to keep playing. Everybody else is fucking playing. I want to keep playing. So, you know, I would, you know, I actually went and I fucking did the towel trick thing. So you like wrap the three hundred and sixty up in a towel. And you turn it on and let it like overheat to where it like melts again or some shit, yeah. and then it starts working magically. It was crazy, but it would only ha- it would only start working for a certain amount of time before you shit the bed again. Um, <laughs> I don't recommend anybody doing that uh, at home if you still have a 360 and they have those issues. Uh, don't take my advice, but uh, yeah, I think um, I think we're gonna have some fun with with Forge. Uh, I know I'm going to be streaming it. I have a feeling it could bring back like community nights really on our channel, at least, you know, uh, to be able to create the experiences we want for our community and to have fun. And that's pretty powerful in and of itself. You know what I mean? So I think that uh, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. And maybe the chat and the community can kind of help shape what we make as well. We got, I've already like, got yeah. plans to make stuff. So yeah, we got like, can we like collab on stuff too? Like make like yeah, you can go, you can join co op and forge, or at least in the previous ones right. you could and build stuff. But yeah, so like we can like team I, up and like you got you guys are two forge veterans. I, you know what I mean? I I was more of a I love making maps and but I didn't do it as much in Halo in the past. I did it in other games, right? Um, but this is more powerful now, and you can do a lot of the stuff that used to be able to do in some of those other the other game I oh played. my god i just thought that oh, wow that's gonna save me so much fucking time mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna, just because you can resize objects yeah, i don't have to put 800 save, fucking walls down yeah <laughs> you, you put one wall 
yeah yeah it changes the it's game. a lot of improvements it's kind of overwhelming too because i'm sure it has more of a learning curve because of the new features in it and probably well, you're going to be able to pretty much make your own terrain now because you can take like little dirt mounds and make them big and twist them and turn them however you want and then add another one smaller and shape them however you want so you're going to be able to pretty much make your own terrain which was yeah, always gotta, my biggest issue before i gotta almost come at this like from a different angle now like just I kind of almost got to forget all the old forge tricks just because, like, you can just do it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, in order for you to make a floating wall in the pass, you had to put a box and then put you had a to wall delete the top. bottom and then box. delete the yeah. thing. Yeah, that was like, I don't know. It wasn't kind of a nightmare, but it was also fun to like figure out like how to do certain things and made you appreciate maps that actually had all this crazy like architecture. Inside. You should be able to like. There were certain maps in Halo 3 that had kill bears, like Sand Trap, if you walk outside, or like turrets would shoot you and like kill you if you walked outside the map. But you could overload that by putting a bunch of fusion coils, putting the respawn, or the respawn time down in one second, throwing a grenade at them and blowing up, and they keep blowing up, and it like deletes the kill bear outside the map. It's like just weird shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> they should have took out the kill bear in Infinite in the campaign. That's the sad. That's the sad. <laughs> yeah, we'll... Uh... So I want to get into some of the information that they actually released about it. Uh, they had a Q&A. So uh, first off, uh, Joseph Staten had actually uh, quote tweeted this um, from the Halo Q&A. Somebody had asked, is it possible to add campaign AI and Forge? Are y'all working on it? Um, they said it's possible and we are working on how to best bring those features from our internal tools into Forge at a later date. We see a lot of potential in allowing players to create experiences that lean into the cooperative PvE space. Good news is that with the addition of NavMesh and the support of AI-controlled bots, we've already got a head start on pushing further into this area. Another underrated aspect of this forge is the fact that you can put bots in there to test your maps out, right? Because it's a pain That's in the ass. Huge. Hey, bunch of people, can you come randomly help me test this shitty map right now, please? Um, we're not announcing anything today, and this is long lead work, but it's definitely an opportunity we're interested in and excited to pursue. So basically, they didn't guarantee that's going to happen, but eventually i would think they're going to figure out a way to get campaign ai into forge uh they already do have a little bit of head start in there imagine the possibilities with that you could actually have your own uh themed story almost like i mean you're not going to have cut scenes and stuff like that you know what i mean but like you could lead players on a path and corridors and stuff and have uh enemies do certain routes and you someone did a fake cut scene yeah you could fake it yeah. yeah, I've seen some people actually do some cutscenes. So, hmm. I mean, I guess anything's really possible with this forge, which is yeah, cool. There's, so there's adding more. AI on top of that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not the, with this update. That's potentially eventually, uh, eventual. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, but they also went on to say, uh, so Clobral had tweeted, and I, shout out to Idle Sloth for retweeting everything and making it easy for me to follow a, th- a couple threads here. The pit remake targets this year, so it's, it's still not at, coming out right away. It's a forge map. I don't know how they can finish a forge map in time to release with the winter update. That's just kind of weird. You know what I mean? Especially since um, they showed it off at like Halo Champs. Yeah, or people played it on it. it. I don't Time understand. make no sense. I, th- this is like part of the like the issues with why stuff takes so long with them. I think like they have so many like checks and balances and internal testing things that they go through in order for something to finally get put into a playlist. Um, which I 
I get the quality control aspect there, but like, come on, you know what I mean? Like it's re- it's already people are already playing it at a freaking esports tournament. Like it can't yeah, put it have in the most quality checks beforehand. <laughs> anyway, it, it's coming later this year, so that'll be the first Forge map. Uh, besides the one that's at, at launch, this will be the sorry, this will be the second Forge map, I think, right? Because there's well, one. There's two at launch, right? Two, okay, two at launch. I think so. Um, Plans for a Forge matchmaking playlist. So there is plans for a Forge matchmaking playlist. Uh, Forge is more a game engine than a map editor, which is what we kind of been talking about. Um, Forge maps coming to matchmaking over time, which leads to the content issue on top of the maps that are going to be releasing with their normal updates, which they're hoping to be more get back to seasonality. Uh, you're also going to be having Forge maps added into a matchmaking playlist as well. Um, co-op forge with up to eight players. That answers my question with, uh, can we do it together? We can have eight people work on the same forge map. That's pretty that sick. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Imagine, uh, now communicating and getting everything in line with each other is one challenge, but <laughs> taking down your task into eight people saves a lot of time. Um, if you are like, you could have a forge team out there and just make stuff constantly if they wanted to, I don't know. Um, custom game browser coming March 7th. So that was a huge thing. I wish that was there at launch of this because that is a massive deal. But March 7th, there is a custom game browser and that will be a big deal, uh, to help grow the community and help people find the content that they're looking for, uh, with custom games and all this kind of stuff. Um, so that's pretty important. Now going into a little bit more detail here, um, Do you plan to add water features at some point? Yes, we're currently discussing the best way to bring placeable water into Forge. No other details to share at the moment, but it's clear that this functionality is very important to the Forge community. So water may be coming to Forge. Um, also, will we Get ever... excited about water. Hey, that's cool. Uh, depends. Water map. Like, you can't swim in Halo multiplayer, right? Can you? you I can't. really I don't think there's any water. Boats. Yeah, there's no... So I don't know what they'll do with it. Like, I mean, in the past, if you went into water and you went you under, die. it was just yeah. If you didn't die, it was just like you just saw like flat, like the bottom of the ocean. There was you didn't see water like when you went under. It was just clear. Maybe like you could be like you know like a Navy SEALs with your head sticking <laughs> slightly above the water and walk up out of. I mean, it in Halo just, One, you could go on the beach and just chill in the water, <laughs> die. Yeah, in cartography, you could just like walk straight out in the water and be fine. Yeah, yeah, you're just chilling. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, so then also Zanzibar had that beach too. You could go out yeah. pretty far in that. Yeah. Um, so we're currently adding more objects to the. Oh, sorry. Will we ever get banished covenant structures in mass like Forerunner human pieces? Uh, we are currently adding more objects to the Forerunner object set, and will then move to creating the banished palette. Other design palettes, Flood Covenant, are top of mind. We have not finalized plans for those yet. We understand how much variety and flexibility these sets bring to Forge creations, and we'll add more as fast as we can. Um, pretty awesome. Um, next up, it says, you say you'll add more features once Forge is released. What features do you plan to add later on? Right now, the team is focused on supporting the Forge beta launch. Once we go live, here are the highly requested features we will be diving deeper into. Editing on dev maps is one. So Hmm. that means the 343 maps will be able to edit. Wait, Um, you can't... That's... 
what that's yeah. like okay <laughs> usually you, you could just it's like right a normal thing you could do is just go into already created maps and like remove all the spawns and guns and like yeah redo yeah. it you can't okay. you can't do that now but editing on dev maps um a mini game game mode does anybody know what that means what? a mini game game mode why can't you edit on dev maps <laughs> wait game. is this talking about like all the maps in general like like, yeah, like just the existing yeah like bizarre like you won't be able to go into that and like change the spawns if you want yeah it's really strange that it's not there but they, it's coming that's a, that's the highest priority I'll say that's the highest priority <laughs> so, why? I don't know they just didn't <laughs> add it yet 3-bit it's coming it's coming it's that's beta so weird. beta yeah, is like... coming calm, calm down it's coming okay it's coming so so, you can only edit on like the four maps that on they the, it's super the empty on map. those maps, and they're gonna have like empty uh palette maps where you just like floating in like spot, like floating in space or yeah, floating in, like in a forest palettes. or whatever. Yeah, you just have different flat blank palettes to work off of. Why? Okay. But I know it's so weird because like in the past we would just like load up any level and just be like. I don't want this here. I'm going to make it a rocket launcher instead of a BR or whatever. <laughs> so yeah. Like... This is weird because it's been in every Halo, so I, yeah. I have to wrap my... Well, it's my coming. Brain. Okay? Three bit. <laughs> well, when, when, is it, when is it coming, man? It's uh, the highest list on the priority <laughs> list. It says... But when? Once we go live here, the highly requested features we will be diving deeper into. First on the list is editing on dev maps. So that's the All first right. thing. Very All first right. thing they put. So I would say out of any of the major features they're missing... That'll probably be the first one they add. Um, and then there's something called mini game game mode. Mini game what? I don't know what that means, but I'm guessing the some... only thing I could think of is in past in Forge, you could like kill each other and like you would have like a kill counter at the bottom right. But that's like the only thing I can think of. I, I'm thinking they they have some. It's something they hmm. have gone deeper into with all this Q and A stuff that I haven't read everything right. Um, and then AI spawning tools. I don't know what that means. AI spawning tools? Yeah, AI spawning tools. You spawn AI. I know in Reach you can mod like AI. Well, in I, there. I know that, but like, what does that mean? Like bots? Because it's coming with bots. Well, if it was AI spawning tools, I would assume it would be like you can change the spawn rate or maybe change spawn time, stuff like that. Yeah, maybe just more in depth tools. Yeah. AI, yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. Hmm. Or maybe that's yeah. talking about the campaign stuff already. Well, if it, yeah, because if it's tools, you could theoretically just be like, create a new enemy every five seconds. So you could create like a horde mode, for example, like that. It'd be like yeah. just new enemies every five seconds. Then you add another spawn point. It's like add an enemy every three seconds. So you just keep getting people coming at you. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm really pumped for it. I, I know that it's like not on the top of everybody's list because all these other games are coming out, right? We got more games coming in December. Warzone 2.0 is going to release soon. Uh, everybody's playing Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer right now, or in Marvel Snap, and uh, uh, <laughs> God we of War. yeah, God of War is coming uh, right around Sonic. the corner. Sonic Frontiers is releasing, yeah, um, like for and then we all got all these games in January, February, March, right around the corner. There's really no end in sight right now as far as like major releases, Eric. Like, there's not like a week month, you know, so. Uh, 
plenty of excitement. So this has fallen under the radar right now as far as like a lot of talking points for people. It's one of the reasons I want to talk about it because I feel like it's a bigger deal than than it's being made out to be right now just because I think it's going to fix a lot of the issues that Halo currently has with mm. content. Now, that it, would be, it would help if the custom game browser was there right away. However, like I know it'll drive me back to Halo, which in turn may potentially drive some of our community back to Halo. Maybe we'll get some game, custom games going, all that kind of stuff, right? So um, it's driving some excitement for me. So I'm hoping for the best for it. I hope it rocks, and I can't wait to see what we all create together. And the other thing it says that they're going to be supporting it big time. You know, this is just a start. This thing is yeah. launching with a lot, and I think it's going to be absolutely astronomical by the end of like the Halo Infinite's life cycle. What you're probably going to be able to do with this Forge mode, so uh, absolutely happy about it. Um, Shane says, "Mav, you can play Need for Speed three days early. Uh, Palace package ten percent off on Xbox. Another way I can play Need for Speed earlier is just uh, EA Play with a ten hour trial. Um, so they, if you have EA Play, you'll be get a ten hour trial for Need for Speed Unbound, and you'll be able to." Uh, Loaded up early, I believe so. Anyway, isn't that still a thing? Yeah, it should, should be. be. Yeah, that's like with every EA game. So I don't know why it'd be any different with that. And plus, they I already get a ten percent discount on. Uh, Sometimes I don't think they do it with their single player only stuff, though. Right? Yeah, this isn't single player only. Yeah. So, but it has but a you, at ten hours component. you can get through a lot of a. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wonder. You know, I know that on the sports games with EA, at least you know we've been able yeah. to do like five days early. Because I don't think they did that for Mass Effect. Yeah, I don't think they, they did, did it for it Mass for, Effect, um, and they didn't do it for... Um, uh, I, I keep on wanting to call it Survivor, but what was the original one? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, yeah. They did it for, for Battlefield. Yeah, but that's a large multiplayer component to that. So I'm, I'm like... trying to Google it. Um, I can't think of another EA. They did it for It Takes Two? Yeah, it's... Okay, it does have an early access trial. So okay. um, it says... Early access, get behind the wheel days before the worldwide launch with the EA Play Early Access Trial. Race against time and outsmart the cops for 10 full hours starting November 29th. And if you decide to buy, your save progress carries over to the full game. Yeah. So what's the release date? Like December 3rd, I think? Uh, maybe? Yeah, it's got to be early December, but I guess you can... Is it the 29th? So. It's December it's, 2nd. It's three days early access. Yeah, yeah. So you get three days early access with EA Play. Um, you also get um, as bonuses this for all Game Pass Ultimate members. If you you are automatically a EA Play member, you also get recurring in-game member-only rewards. Hmm. Um, you also get ten percent discount on the purchases for digital content. Obviously, um, access to the playlist, a library of top. Oh, that's just talking about other stuff. Okay, um, for the A Play Pro, you get more stuff. You get all the DLC shit. So, yeah, uh, I'm gonna be playing that early, probably on stream when it when it hits. Uh, anybody else excited for Need for Speed? Oh yeah, I'll give definitely. it a shot. Yeah. You can just play <laughs> it for free. Style. You get to try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, awesome. See, I'm yeah, curious like to see out. how that looks on screen with the that that graphic style. Like I've I've seen like the the videos and stuff, but I want to see what it looks like while playing it because I I have a feeling it's it's going to be, you know, different and exciting at the same time kind of thing. So definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, 
I see uh, Masshole saying, where's Pong? Uh, Pong is... Uh, I'm he's, Pong. He's night fishing. <laughs> night fishing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, Pong's tied up right now. He's he's got stuff going on at home. Uh, Psycho is busy too. So I always thought a little shorthanded, but you know what? Three bit came through for us tonight. So um, you know, we get him one out of every five episodes. It seems like so. It's, it's a treat <laughs> uh, having you here. Um, you got to do like a Halo episode on episode one one seven. It's just necessary. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll be uh that'll be in two. four weeks. So that's. That's December, December, like that's second. right around the same date that like Callisto Protocol and and Mar- uh, Midnight Suns, Midnight Suns, and, and also Need Unbound release. So I don't know how much Halo talk there will be on that episode. Yeah. Maybe it'll be Bad a Master Chief appreciation segment. Okay, cool. <laughs> and you just put up an image of his you. cheeks from the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Uh, which so we'll just give a tribute to Pedro Pascal, not Pedro Pascal, well, uh, Pablo Schreiber's chief. <laughs> Pablo Schreiber's chief, yeah, Pablo Schreiber's chief. All right. Um, so yeah. Also, speaking of uh, Idle Sloth, like we said earlier, was he had tweeted out uh, regarding the uh, family Game Pass plan. And I guess it's showing up for him. Uh, I'm not sure what country Idle Sloth lives in. Oh. Uh, was uh it was, in, UK, was it in pounds? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. euros. I think wasn't it? In, so yeah, it was in euros, right? So, um, this was actually on his Xbox. I'm assuming he's like on the highest tier of the insider program or whatever. So, um, but Game Pass friends and family one month for twenty one ninety nine uh euros automatically continues at twenty one ninety nine euros per month. Um, ultimate benefits among five friends. Again, it says friends, not just family. Um, open to players outside of your household. Enjoy hundreds of games together. Every player uses their own account. Oh wait, no, it was in. I think it's, it was in pounds. Was it in pounds? Yeah. So what does that equate to U.S.? What's twenty one ninety nine? Twenty five dollars. Yeah. Okay. So it's around what we thought. Uh, there was talk recently. Oh, it may not be twenty five after all. It seems like this is kind of cementing that. You know what I mean? Um. Play at the same time on console, PC, and cloud. So you no more of that stuff where if I'm game sharing, I can't use more than one Xbox. I'll be able to have my wife's account and my daughter's account tied to our Game Pass family thing, and we can play anywhere we want, and we won't have to worry about any of that stuff anymore. Right? Um, always something new to play, it says. So you get everybody gets ultimate benefits. It's pretty strong, man. Oh, yeah. For twenty five bucks for five people and the, uh, beyond your household, everybody start getting together your friend group of people you trust. <laughs> um, one person is probably going to be in control of the bill, I would assume, and then you know you have you can invite people Wait, to use it. So if you got it? some good friends, you can just like give you know get give uh, add D- their uh, gamer tag double correction. It. it was actually in euros and <laughs> twenty one euros is uh twenty one dollars US pretty much so. Hmm. I still bet it'll be because I still bet it'll be twenty five. Yeah, probably. That's that's pretty good. That's insane. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, so like five people could be on that account, like on different Xboxes. I'll you you all use your own account, but just one person pays the twenty five bucks. 
So you, yeah. one person, like, let's say I have the, sure. the, the master account or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm guessing I'd just be able to, like, How add your, I don't know if you send an invite to somebody or if it's like you have to sign in with it or, or what. I don't know exactly how it works, but uh, it says friends outside of your household. Yeah. So, so they obviously got to make it somewhat well, I guess easy. You could pick your account or something. Like you could pick the five accounts or. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a tag and email associated or something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can, you know, like how you, maybe how you buy a gift, like a gift game for somebody. Maybe you can send a link and they just click on it and get accepted into your membership. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it's going to work, but I don't know. I got, I'm going to be using three. I won't know yeah. what to do with my two other ones. <laughs> hey, give it to me. Maybe y'all y'all All have right. like a I already have a fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> I have you a friend that contacted me. Is like, depending on like how many people we get, we're gonna like either set it up like each of us pay like five dollars a month or whatever, just to yeah. whoever has the account. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. That's a really good deal. I, I'm wondering um, how they're exactly how they're going to set up like which account like you guys are saying like the gift thing. Uh, I I think that's the most likely, or maybe they'll just add a little f- feature um, when you buy that and um, make it so you just choose which account you want to add. I, I don't I don't know, but that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think the only other thing it had was like if if the people joining your account have like a subscription, either have them cancel it prior or have them wait until it expires before uh, they join. I thought there was a there was a conversion thing they put out like a couple months ago when they Ireland and was it Colombia or Brazil or whatever it was other the other country was uh, there was a conversion chart that they had for like however much time you have left, it will convert over a certain that, amount of days. Was that just for the primary account holder, or was that for all the individuals? I thought it combined them all. Like once you, once someone would join that, it would convert their time into the family plan so time as well. This says primary account holders, ex- primary account holders, existing gold, Game Pass, and EA playtime will be converted using a conversion ratio. This may result in less time than your original subscription. Conversion is not available for group members. Group members must be in the same region as the primary account holder. Game catalog varies. Hmm. So I guess I don't know why they say game catalog varies. It just game catalog is always going to change. Well, like, you obviously. have to also be in the same region too, so it's yeah. not like you're just getting an exclusive game. Right, exactly. So like, <laughs> like literally, all four of us would be able to be on one account. Yeah, but you'd each be able to use your own gamer tag you've always had. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Yeah. Like fourteen. Like just think about it, people. Like if you got some people. Four friends you trust or whatever. Uh, you don't. I don't even know if you got to trust them too much, but because five bucks at the end of the day, you know what I mean. Yeah. But like, have a little account out there. You just fucking pull Game Pass Ultimate out of it. Uh, account for twenty five. Everybody just puts five bucks in there a month. Yeah, the way Rotate we were that. talking about setting up is just like maybe set up like a PayPal account. And everyone just drops like five dollars in there every month, and then the PayPal account just takes it out automatically for the Game Pass stuff. So. Yeah. Hmm. Your fifteen dollars <laughs> subscription just became five bucks a month. That's pretty insane, dude. Uh, how how uh, do you think this will help grow 
subscriptions at all. I mean, I think it'll help grow the numbers because I think like parents that may have kids, they didn't want to pay for an account for all of a sudden we'll just add that. Account. Yeah, it'll be interesting you know I mean? to see if they count users or subscriptions. Because they're going to count subscriptions. Users. Because users will still spend money and still play the games, which is yeah. engagement, which is what the numbers are all matter for. And it still qualifies as like a paying account. You know what I mean? It just says it's going to affect like the revenue will go down per user. Well, I mean, you it's still a I mean? paying account, but like your daughter's going to be on it. And she's not giving you $5 a month. You know, <laughs> so it's like. No, but I'm paying more because. Yeah. Like my daughter's playing on it, you know what I mean? Like for me personally, it actually works out better. Like I'm actually paying less, but like if I if she hadn't had an account, I'd be paying more, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like I I feel like this is going to grow revenue for them. Um, it's also going to increase the numbers because the numbers where people all of a sudden have access to the, these games and the other people that all of a sudden have access to these games, you're going to be playing these games, buying more stuff within the games and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So it's and all Pong about growing the ecosystem. Too. Um, I do wonder, by you changing your region to New Zealand, will make it so it doesn't work? Because it only works within your your region. region. Yeah. Yeah, if you're, if so you're partaking in that, or even if you're the account holder of it, you may be locking yourself out of your New Zealand trips. Hmm. That's a... That's a I would be so, accepting of that. What though, you would like, have to do is you would have to get your the person who has the account holder to go to New Zealand, and then everyone else would have to follow him to New Zealand. Yeah, but <laughs> so they don't have like twenty five million people <laughs> subscribed to New Zealand, and like two like, people right, subscribed in the U.S. I I don't I I feel like <laughs> if they were already in New Zealand, if it's not as an but then we couldn't join them. Oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I feel like I'm fine with trading off the. Getting to play a day early games so like a yeah, day early, save twenty you know, bucks, save that much money a month. You know what I mean? A asshole says I'm going to be on Pong's family account. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Add me, Pong. You catching any fish, Pong? <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, Shane says not to be a corporate shill, but I think Xbox should open thirty to thirty-five, six or seven dollars a person. Then they won't get any heat when they raise prices. Um, I'm always gonna want the lower price and then like up front at least and then do they raise it, prices if they launch this though it depends on how I here's the thing I, I've always find it like it depends on how successful it is because if you have like a crazy amount of people that's more revenue for them they have more money to spend and they have more yeah. profit you know what I mean so at that point it, it seems almost like the mo- more users there are the less you need to go up because the, What's different about this than like Netflix or like HBO or whatever is they're not just making the money on the subscription. They're making money on the engagement from the players and the money that they spend because they're playing games. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's different than like other models. So the more people you have playing, the more money you're making, not just on the subscriptions, but also the because it's growing the ecosystem. But they could also theoretically take a hit because like everyone if you got five people to switch over you're going to be losing like five dollars they, they could initially like right away yeah. because you're going to have the diehards you know do it immediately but i think the intrinsic effect is more people adding other players yeah. to it that didn't already have ultimate or, or have accounts yeah it's only really worth it if if you either have friends who are going to you know they're going to jump into the account or 
or our family. Um, <laughs> at least five. Yeah. See, I think it will be the part, partly the tipping point, especially around the holiday. Like I'm, I'm hoping that this thing goes live worldwide here very, very soon. Just well, one, so I can save money now, but two, if, if they're looking to increase that number, like theoretically, like if, if you're already on the fence as far as how much to raise prices, as far as the co- company itself, but you have this potential to almost double your user base. I I think it'll depend on how big this thing, you know, lands when once, you know, it's fully released worldwide. Like if they go from the 25 million that they, you know, talked about months ago or almost a year ago to all of a sudden being like, you know, nearly double that somewhere in like the 45 million range within a short period of time, then I think that might cross that threshold where they don't have to raise the price because like you guys are saying, they'll have enough users at that point. And, you know, along with all those extra users, you got people that might buy more DLC or more cosmetics or spend more on microtransactions or, you know, decide to rent movies more often or something along those lines because they save money elsewhere. Maybe they, you know, put it back into the ecosystem type of thing. So, yeah, it's just like, I'm wondering if like, because I just did the math. If you have five Game Pass Ultimate members and they all switch over to one family account, Microsoft's going to lose $50 every month. So it's yeah, like it's do 75 they, versus 25, right? Yeah. So do they see like if the first like three months are like, oh, we're down like $100 million in subscriptions revenues, like, dude, <laughs> like what the fuck's going on? So it's like, I just. I, I feel like that's a trade off they're willing to take because it's not about getting the people that are already in the ecosystem. It's about inviting more people to the ecosystem. And I yeah. honestly think they probably make just as much, if not more on the players that are playing in the ecosystem than they do on the one month subscription fee. Yeah. Right? I think this is the same problem Netflix has when you really think about it. Like a lot of people are subscribed sharing the password. Or, and stuff. Yeah. They're, they're on other people's passwords. And I think they're not really happy about that right now. They're, they're trying to figure out ways yeah. to kick people out. And actually that's alienating people as a whole. So I think Microsoft just wants to get people in the door and what they'll worry about that. I guess at least they know the line. people in the family plan, they know who's there or as Netflix is like, uh, who the fuck yeah. has this password? It, it, they also yeah. know <laughs> that like this is in the sure, middle sure. of like a, like potential recession time or it is beginning of, or at least and like, they got to come out with a price that's fitting. But also, I think the friends and family plan is necessary for what they're trying to do. Because if the, if they're trying to go after all these gamers and all these people that are playing on all these different devices, mobile and PC and apps on your TV and all these different things and these new handheld devices coming out from like Razer and Logitech or just where, wherever people want to play, they want to be everywhere, right? You can't have the system they have right now with game share. You know, and with like everybody anticipating having to pay $15 a month to access that. So what they do is they think, okay, well, we'll do like $25 per household or $25 for a group of friends, right? And then that way that's shareable between more people and it invites more people to welcome them to the ecosystem. Um, And people that may be playing on their phones or people that play on the PC or whatever, other than just the diehard like Xbox console guys that we are as well you know uh, i think it's just about inviting more people and if you think about the money they lose even on the hardcore right you got like uh 75 dollars you said right minus 25 yeah. that's 50 dollars right so 
we already spend so like that that community that yeah i just don't engaged. want to i just don't want microsoft to be like look we're losing money like we have to raise the price now like, yeah i don't I think want they would to have just to come think out about that, that ahead of time yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. um they had to have thought about this a lot before they announced before they well they haven't officially announced well, the they, price. yeah this they, is com- this i mean is coming they, they might side. increase it they made this, yeah they could increase the stream before it's <laughs> when it's officially announced it hasn't officially been announced yet right? yeah so when it is officially announced it could it could actually be more but yeah. it seems like all the insiders are getting like around that same price. So maybe it's an insider thing, a testing thing. Uh, however, I, I think that that's probably a good sign because they, they had to have anticipated that was going to get out to the public. Right. <laughs> like that have been um, not smart. I think uh, them not addressing that if they knew it was getting out there in the public. So uh, 25 bucks a month, five people. It seems like a steal. It, all you need is, each of those five people to spend more than ten dollars, like worth of I transactions guess and stuff. They you could, know what I mean, like leave the family plan price the same and raise ultimate like to eighteen dollars or whatever to match Sony's, and then you get a better deal out of family plans to entice more people over to that. Maybe, yeah, they're probably going to go up on ultimate eventually. I think after the ABK deal's done, I don't think they're going to do it before that. Um, I don't think they'll do it directly after either. It'll wait think, a little, like a month or two. You think so? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, think it'll after go after next holiday, not this holiday, but after next holidays, when we'll, we'll probably see uh, a dollar or two bump. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking they I could would probably st- you know hold off on doing any other bump prior to that, just because if you do it around E3. That kind of kills the momentum or the excitement about oh we just announced you know thirty five different games that we haven't talked about prior and yeah. people will be like but yeah you raised the price on it and that'll that'll be the talking point and if they do it before the holiday people are on a raise a stink because it's like well it's the holidays this is when you're supposed to have deals and stuff so but Phil Phil is sending out the signals that they're going to have to go up on something at some point yeah. right yeah. because like he's just saying what it is he said that they want to keep the hardware at the same price if they can. And mm-hmm. that leaves the two other animals in the room, which is uh, game pass subscriptions, right? Or mm-hmm. three things, I guess you could say, you could still say Xbox live gold. Yeah. I mean, they're getting rid of that at some point. So, so yeah. but like they, maybe they go up on it before then just to like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like they tried to already. Right. Yeah. And They'll we all said no. Money on um, now, that, but it's part of game pass ultimate now. And like, so, like, if they if if the Xbox Live Gold goes up, still it's still ridiculous. But anyway, I guess they could do that. So you could do game, you could do Xbox Live Gold. You could do they could do Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. They could do Game Pass for PC uh, as a standalone. They could up the price on that. They could also uh, raise the price of the games and the console. Yeah. I I think the two most likely is Game Pass Ultimate and uh and the uh, subscription games. and and games game right because everybody yeah. else has already went up to 70 and i hate it and i'll give them shit when they do it just like i have everybody else they're like the last holdouts at least you get them in game pass <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. but and we'll get them in the game pass so but they'll be able to use that oh you're getting more value now but so for your you know um for your price increase now I, the reason i think the subscription to also go up because i think they couldn't have done it this year with everything going on with the abk deal with the lack of first party content this year as well. It was also um, a big point in their in their bullet points of like 
what Sony is doing. Like they're increasing their prices while they're still making a huge profit and they're the market leader. Right. So it was bad on them. If, yeah. I guess they increased. So price. I'm thinking like next year sometime after they became deal done after like maybe after some of these first half year releases, you know, you get like first Forza Motorsport out, you get the uh, Redfall out and then maybe that price increase hits potentially before Starfield hits. You know, well, I think um, games would be first to go up just because like it would be easy to match like what's already out there and be like, well, we're going to get a little more money out of that. Well, I think just... Starfield would be the first $70 game. I don't think they'll go up in games. You don't think so? But I think, I think after it's going to focus more on the server, like upping it on the service front, but I may be wrong. I, I just think like. And I also don't think they'll do it right after the ABK deal. I think they'll wait till they purchase another studio after, and then they'll do it. Mm. Just because, like, I don't know, like you'll you'll get that value from the ABK deal, but then then like they'll be like, look, we purchased Activision and we purchased XYZ. Now I think we we should we should definitely up that Game Pass price. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm just looking at it as like if you keep the Game Pass price $15. It's going to be the cheaper service out of the two major platforms. So you entice people over and be like, look, it's cheaper and you get all these games. But if you when you increase the game price, you'd be like, if you can just come to Game Pass and you don't have to pay the $70. So you get more people over into the subscription service that way. It worked, too. Yeah, it works on that front too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was not thinking about that where if you do increase the, the price of your games to $70 and then you, you're also putting those games into Game Pass, I think that does increase the value even more uh for sure I, and it's I better to have a recurring it's, it's better to have recurring people than just like one-time buyers you know so it's like yeah 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 that, but that's also why i'm like do they benefit a lot yeah. from having do they benefit games? more from increasing subscription or trying to draw more people in so it's like and whatever. i think because they're more on, on the subscription front they would just up the subscription and then keep the games fuck it why not both <laughs> I think I, mean, go, could, I, I think because the rest of the industry will all be at seventy at that point. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't like they're it. losing. I, they're it's, losing it's, money there. It's like it's stupid. You know that they're that they w- all went up. You know, I, I still call it bullshit. But like they're going to charge sixty, and everybody else is charging seventy. Like I appreciate it if they do that. You know what I mean? But like they at that at some point, Phil's got to answer to like the investors and be and they say, well, everybody else is getting seventy for their games. Why aren't you getting it? And Maybe they come up with a good reason for that. I know they're not a fan of seventy dollars games. Like Sarah Bond even said, she's not a fan of it. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm not a fan of it either. But I, I still buy them because I want to play the damn games. You know, so it's, it's when you uh, have the subscription, you get that discount. So it, right, it, they could raise it to seventy, and it won't really be seventy yeah. because of the discount. So yeah, that well, plus also like if you have Game Pass, with their games it doesn't really matter, right? So yeah. Um, but that could also be the justification for going up on Ultimate as well, or or uh, or Game Pass. Yeah. Um, but I think Game Pass PC also once all that Riot game stuff hits, you know, yeah. how much is Game Pass PC now just for standalone Game Pass PC? I think it's ten dollars. It's ten dollars. It used to be five because yeah. it was five for a little bit. Oh, was it? It was five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was ten dollars just to uh, maybe. Okay, they they may have went up on it or just I don't know Game Pass for for PC. Yeah. yeah. Chad, let me know because I don't, but that's where they're seeing the most growth right now is Game Pass for PC, but I don't know how much it is. 
ten ten dollars. Ten dollars. Okay. So they. It used to be five bucks. Um, that's probably I why they was, had all that growth when it was. Yeah. I thought it was because I always thought it was ten because you saved five dollars instead of having to buy like two services with Ultimate. Well, it launched at five. For sure, yeah, I, I remember it was. It, I remember it was like four ninety nine or five ninety nine, and yeah, but, but they didn't have a lot of content on there yet, right? So I think they just like until they got the content catching oh, up. Yeah, Alvin. Alvin said um, it went up when they added the EA games. Okay, thanks, um, Alvin. Alvin's always coming through with great information in the clutch. Appreciate that. Um, my memory sucks, so. Uh, yeah, I think we're. I think we're all excited for it. Um, I know I I am because I already paid for three accounts. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. Working. I have I have Ultimate for a while. I stacked up on it, so I think I have it for about a year and a half or so. Right, I'm good for a while. Um, every now and then Amazon has like a sale where you get like ten dollars off like a year code or whatever, and I just like wait for the sale on that mm-hmm. and just <laughs> get like two years worth. They should have some on Black Friday too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, Target did the three months for like twenty bucks or something, or twenty two or twenty three bucks or something. Yeah. I got like three of those cards. I think they they knew it was such a good deal. They were like limit of three purchases per customer. Mm-hmm. Dang. <laughs> yeah, they know. I, I'm sure like Black Friday, they're gonna have all sorts of deals like that. Um, so it's gonna be cool. Do y'all I'm still waiting for somebody to do that that uh, bundle where? Kind of like what Jasper was saying a couple of episodes ago. It's like, you know, buy two consoles and get uh, Game Pass friends and family for a year or something. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it would be like 300 right? If you had the family plan and you got it for a whole year, it'd be about the price of a Series S. Yeah. That's not bad. No. Do you think, do you guys think Pentiment might be like a surprise little like critical darling type game that comes out and like it's, or do you think it's just going to kind of come out and everybody's going to forget about it? Uh, if it wasn't, it's for coming so- out. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out. <laughs> if on it the wasn't scene. for so much of the God of War talk, I I honestly think that this will probably still get a nomination for Game of the Year as well. Okay, there's there, there's early it. feedback that's very positive about this game. That's why I'm that's why I'm mentioning this. The bullshit stuff out there about like PlayStation like fanboy type console war accounts like comparing this to God of War. Is absolutely <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Okay, like, well, Sony first party versus Xbox first party. This, look at the difference. Let's not let's, let's forget about that shit, right? <laughs> uh, you could do the same thing for like Rocket Rocket League and have fucking Rocket League uh, compared to like Halo Infinite or some bullshit. Like, or not Rocket League. Uh, what's the other dumb game that came Destruct- out? Destruction All Stars. Was oh. that a first party game? It felt like uh, it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I think it was. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah was, you could have uh, Destruction All Stars versus like fucking Avowed or like Starfield. I mean, it's, it's a stupid thing to do. You can't you can't I just, compare that. Like, right? I think it's gonna be one of those indie artsy fartsy games that like the critics talk about, but I don't know how much like public word of mouth that this game's actually gonna get. So, right, I think I, I'm not talking about like is it gonna be a massive hit like sales wise. Yeah. I'm talking about a critical darling, right? Yeah, it's gonna be one of those indie artsy fartsy games that people care right. about, but. Like <laughs> I think it'll be between like an 89 Metacritic and a 91, somewhere between 89 and 91. That's a very tight window there, Fuzz. 
I don't think it's going to, you know, get God of War numbers because everybody seems, you know, head over heels over God of War right now. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to be fairly close. I think it's going to be considered a, a great game because it's going to be so close in that 90s range. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be between 80, 89 and 91. What started catching my attention with Pentiment, like, because I, I kind of ignored it. When I when they first revealed it, I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's not what I was hoping for. You know what I mean? How, but. When they revealed it, they also had like uh, people got to play some of it at one of the at E3 Gamescom. or Gamescom, whatever it was. Yeah, and um, people were like, "Don't sleep on this." Like they would start to say like it was very engaging and like very interesting and like a really good story, and they were having a lot of fun with it. And this was like from people that yeah, but it's a lot of words, and you don't like reading in games, so. I'm not asking if it's going to be my <laughs> game of the year, Jasper. I'm, I'm I'm wondering if the critics are going to love this game. It depends. To, to me, it depends. I feel like I feel like a lot of uh, modern journalism like punishes games for their medium, punishes games for their genre that they're in. Sometimes, um, more so like the 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 IGNs and, and stuff like that's that. That's why racing or, games and shooters don't ever get nominated for anything. Yeah, like yeah. that's why you never see like a Forza or, or a game of the year, even though it's such an amazing game. I think actually a Forza won IGN's game of the year last year. <laughs> oh really? Yeah okay. I think I'm, so. I'll I talk think, more I think like Forza Horizon game 5 actually won I they won one of them. I can't remember who it was. It, it, it was either Game Informer or IGN. Okay, so, IGN. so maybe I'm wrong, but maybe maybe that's just my perception of it. But I think um I think it's gonna score pretty well. Yeah, it was Forza Horizon Five. Um, I think it's gonna score pretty well. I, I just think uh, a lot of people are gonna kind of pass over it because of the kind of game it is. But I, I'm I, going. I'm just going back and forth. Like I think it could. Like if it does well, it's gonna be like a ninety. But if it doesn't, it's gonna be like seventy three. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I think I just trust that studio. That's a much wider gap than than uh, Fuzzies. He gave a two point spread. You gave what ninety to seventy three. Yeah, That's a yeah. If, it, point if, spread. if people like if the critics really like it, it's gonna get like a ninety something. But if they don't, it's like a seventy. Uh, I think it'll be to be a eighty seven. See, here's the biggest thing, and and this is where I, I guess I'm going to say some of the biases out there as far as in the gaming media. If this was just Obsidian, not attached to Xbox, I can almost guarantee you this would score in the 90s. Do people even know Obsidian is owned by yeah. Xbox? I don't think people are that smart. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think a lot of the studio, the lot of the studios that Xbox owns, I don't think it's it hit people yet. It still hasn't hit people because a lot of those games aren't out yet. So I think when Starfield, when eventually the the next Elder Scrolls comes out, when it finally comes out, I think people are going to be a little hurt. Um, but I I will buy anything Obsidian pulls out. But I, guess what? I don't have to. I have Game Pass. So I'm going to play Pentiment. I'm going to check it out. Um, I think it looks pretty interesting. Um, am I looking forward to that more than like? Um, like I got or like people keep comparing it. Probably not, but I, I've seen like early gameplay footage of it, and it, it's like piquing my interest. Like, um, the writing looks pretty funny and and um unique. So I I'll try it out. 
yeah. for sure. And I, I trust again, I, tr- I trust anything Obsidian does. So I'm just basing my thought on this based on the previews when I've actually watched after like Gamescom and they're like sitting there at their you know like IGN or like Easy Allies where they're discussing the games that they tried and they started talking about Pentiment. They were all like really 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 like surprised it seemed like by it you know what i mean uh then jez actually made a tweet that was like hey this game could be like a critical like smash hit right um i don't know so i i don't know what to make of it but here's the thing um obsidian so far has been the best acquisition xbox has made in my opinion right you got Right, right after they got acquired, you got able to get Outer Worlds and into Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Right, they they started grounded, which has become a phenomenon in of its in and of itself. I think they passed ten million players uh, recently. They officially had their release this year. That's a successful game, regardless of what anybody out there would like to say, because of the kind of game it is. That's a very like, successful like last game. Was like eighteen million people or something like that. Whatever. I don't know. I don't even know what how many it is now. But like it, the game is extremely successful and has a lot of players engaged in it and is keeping its engagement and growing. That's what you want out of a game like that, right? And that's a small team from Obsidian. You have Avowed in development, right? And Outer Worlds how they two in development. Game so fast. So that's what it feels that way, anyways. They're being they allowed like five to. Teams. Yeah, they're being allowed to like do whatever. Remember, I remember when Obsidian was. Uh, Talked, they talked about wanting to get to a point where they're releasing a game a year. Yeah. So they were going to have multiple teams working on different projects. So, like, for me, that means if Pentiment hit and Grounded hit this year, that means maybe there's something for next year. Uh, may potentially have out as 2023. And if that's the case, Obsidian's just like absolutely insane. They're like the insomniac of Xbox at this point right now because they're able to get this like Oh, so Pentiment's like Spider Man? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm talking about a studio that doesn't really yeah. miss, right? They they make good quality content and mm-hmm. are able to get stuff out. Right. And they've done a fucking awesome job so far, uh, with doing that. So um Pentiment, even though it's like not what a lot of us thought of or expecting when you say Obsidian's coming out with a new game. I wouldn't be surprised with because of the kind of game it is, it actually isn't isn't up surprising and exceeding people's expectations, right? Um to the tune of a 90 plus type game that could potentially get tons of different people playing it. It's gonna release on everything, right? Besides PlayStation um and Nintendo. Uh but it'll be available on uh with mobile devices because of uh, Game Pass, right? It'll be available on PC because of Game Pass. It'll be available on Xboxes because of Game Pass. You're going to get a lot of people potentially able to try this game out and get a lot of attention. So when that happens, I wouldn't be surprised if it couldn't end up potentially getting a nod unless it misses the window because it is the 15th. And I don't know what how they do the game of the year nominees and stuff with the, with with that. I remember it screwed over Later Forza last year. Uh the cutoff date's uh, November 9th so we can get God of War in there. Well, I remember they had like a <laughs> they had like the ballot date turn in yeah. date, right? And then yeah. they allowed people to change their vote afterwards, but they would have to submit something separately. And it kind of screwed over when Forza Horizon 5 was released last mm-hmm. year. You remember all that talk like Forza kind of got cut off, you know, from it, yeah. but and 
Um, ended up winning some media sites game of the year, uh, but didn't even get nominated. I don't think. Like if your game comes out November, December, your game is screwed for the game awards. Unless you're God of War Ragnarok. Unless you're God of War Ragnarok. (laughs) Because that's early November. Uh, Mid-November might be too late. I don't know how the ballots work. Uh, So that'll be interesting there. But it is also probably a shorter game. Uh, And I don't know when the review copies are out. So maybe the review copies are already out there. Right? I believe they have already sent out the review. Yeah. So is that... Within the past couple of days, if not a week ago, right? So that may have an effect as well, right? Um, uh, Splendiferous just hit us with a two dollar super chat. Shout out to Splendiferous says, but more people uh, are willing to take a chance on Obsidian. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Obsidian has a name that's synonymous with being like on everything, so I think people would be more likely to try. Does Obsidian. that also hurt them though? And like, people won't see them as an indie studio, like because a lot of those indie games they get, I think people kind of give them a little more leeway because they're an indie studio or is obsidians like well, if it comes out buggy name? then they're not going to get any <laughs> excuses but i think people will see it for what it is you know what i mean um i just don't mean that but i'm talking about like celeste or i think it was like that one game of the year one year and i think there's like owlboy was like one of those other indie games that people like really uh raved over so it's like those are by like a, a small team so it's like i think they kind of get a little more leeway and like kind of indie hype for them like they might be great games or whatever. I don't know. I don't really care for about those games, but I just don't know if Obsidian gets that with Pentiment because people may see Obsidian as like a larger name. Yeah, it's I think because that's they part make, of where they're that, making that... two smaller games. It'll help. Yeah, well, it, it, it's that Xbox slash Microsoft funding behind the scenes that, <laughs> that will probably you know nix that that indie spotlight or indie darling ship that they would you know normally fall in type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think I, I'm hoping I'm honestly I'm hoping the critics give it an honest you know go as far as their reviews. I I like I I tried to predict early on this this will get a nod for a game of the year. It's just that I don't think it stands a chance of winning. Unfortunately, no, no, but, it gets God of War and Elden Ring, and I think Elden Ring's going to take it still. You think so? Yeah. So yeah, Alvin said his, Josh Sawyer one. said his third run of it was 21 hours. Wow, that's a that's pretty monster for the kind of game that it is, you know. Was Elden Ring getting like tens as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elden Ring has the oh, even higher meta than God of War Ragnarok. It's like ninety six, I think. The months that have passed. Wow. Yeah, it's it, gonna be close. I I think Elden Ring takes it. It's it's been it's dominated the entire year. You know, I think it's like it kind of transcended the genre and got a huge following i think god of war is going to be a massive game and it's going to maybe do really really well and uh be uh really highly thought of and well praised and be like this is the next leap for god of war and stuff like that but it still doesn't accomplish the same thing that elden ring did you know like sequels end up doing a little worse usually on reviews i don't think it's going to sell as much as 2018 (laughs) Same. Um, I I think it's going to do just a little bit better than half in the first couple of years. Like it may take until like, you know, year two for it to like with the bundles and stuff like that, go past the 12 million mark. Like, I think it will eventually reach, you know, maybe 16, 18 mil. 
I don't know if it reaches the 20 mil like the first one as fast. You mean those 15 million PlayStation 5s and a warehouse users aren't going to buy one? <laughs> you know, you know, sc- uh, was it the scalper basements are still full yeah. of PS5? So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> most of them, at least a million of them, not turned on yet. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, that was crazy when I seen that report that, um, there is so many PS5s out there and not like a, like a million or two million wasn't even turned on. I was like, dang. Yeah, that was early on a long time ago. Yeah. A lot of them were just scalp- it could, scalpers. It could be thing, more, unless those scalpers are still... I think that's probably they've moved on from that point. Because you're starting to be able to see them on store shelves every once in a while now and stuff. So mm-hmm. I would imagine that that market has died down quite a bit. Um, Same so, thing with video cards. That The scalper market is... You know, just well, like the video any part of the economy, they've taken a hit. <laughs> video cards because the crypto market just went to shithole, yeah. so everyone's just getting rid of video cards. <laughs> so yeah. I guess scalpers can go back to hoarding sneakers. Yep, they're like, all right, back to <laughs> <laughs> back to sneakers. Yeah. Well you, well, you can't buy Yeezys anymore. They just canceled Kanye's Yeezys shoes or whatever. So. Yeah. They're probably <laughs> just gonna make it Air Force like, One still like new Jordans, new Air Force Ones. Like if you're fast enough, you can possibly get them if you got a, you know, a bot or something like that trying to buy them for you. But yeah, those, those things still go for a pretty penny. You know, special edition ones or the annual ones that they come out with and stuff. So those still, you know, are worth scalpers. You know, hoarding those as best they can. Yeah, it was like the market. Every time I think about PS5 getting scalped, I. I and when I think about scalpers, I think about this the shoe market because it's it's pretty big. It's pretty big, and, and there's like um a ton of bots on like different shoe sites. And I I looked at live streams. That was just curious. <laughs> I looked at like live streams of um this one YouTuber guy who who like scalps and and gets people's shoes and then he resells it and, and makes a whole business out of it. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty big. Yeah, this is uh, very interesting. Something that just happened on Twitter right now, and uh, we have Three Bit here who has a game that he had worked on in the past and may eventually work on it again called Abandoned. Um, oh, <laughs> and he actually owns the copyright to that name, and you actually won an award. Actually, I think working on that game back in the day with the what yeah. was the program back then? Uh, I used Unity. Yeah, but what was the uh, the Xbox thing that they had, or uh, I forgot what they called oh, it. Oh, the the award. It was uh, Semantic Seed, I believe. Was when I won the award, or are you talking about something else? Yeah, when you won an award for working, because I remember you won an award like with is it like the Xbox program or something like that, or like some yeah. like indie game like like solo thing or something. Yeah, I, I made the game. It was it was Microsoft was one of the judges. It was some board members of Microsoft and Apple. Right. Um, it was through a, a thing called Semantic Seed. Okay. So, and you had always kind of wanted to finish this game, and you actually got heavy in development at one point. You you abandoned abandoned at some point and <laughs> moved on with your life, but you always had planned to yeah. go back to it, and you own the you own the rights to it and everything, right? And uh, then you see this crazy thing happening with uh, PlayStation and the game being showcased and like the teaser name for it was abandoned, even though that wasn't supposed to be the real name. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? And it's like, what's going on with this? But you know, you don't raise a stink about it or whatever. You know, it's like what, 
it's like whatever you know uh you're just gonna let it play out and uh but then that whole thing just kind of blew up with that game people thinking it was a kojima game like uh dumbass podcast running with it thinking it was a kojima game uh people uh fake playstation insiders or playstation insiders that are always wrong saying that it's a kojima game and all this stuff well it turns out uh what just happened right now because i saw kojima had a tweet earlier today or, or saying something in an interview talking about how this has been a big uh, ordeal for him you know it actually because he gets messages about it all the time he gets annoyed by it he doesn't know what to do about it um it's something to do with some guy named hassan or something <laughs> he's like um and then the guy hassan guy actually blue box that had quote tweeted that and they said uh well uh, kojima like they said something like uh yeah i appreciate that you know the thanks for kojima for speaking up about this i'm sure it's been an ordeal for him like it has us this was bullshit they're the ones that have stoked those flames entirely <laughs> what's amazing right now is GameSpot just had an article hit uh today and um this is probably what spurred a lot of this but i just saw this article i didn't even know this article was going on uh but i wanted to bring attention to it while we have three bit on here because it's actually funny uh based because based on your game as well mm-hmm. um i want to read this GameSpot article to call out the bullshit from that developer who's a fucktard i'll just say that right now he's a piece of shit uh <laughs> the um stuff he's trying to pull um, still claiming he's claiming that GameSpot's false, which GameSpot has actually come out and um, released like evidence or whatever, and he's doesn't have anything to back up his statements. So I want to read this: a blue box dev behind PS5's abandoned misled fans solicited, solicited business deals and toxic chat room. Um, sources told GameSpot that Blue Box is making little progress as its lead developer shares uninspiring teases and flip flops on the truth with an exclusive fan chat room he organized. It's been over a year since Abandoned was first announced. By the way, this is GameSpot's uh, Mark Delaney. Uh, It's been over a year since Abandoned was first announced on the PlayStation blog, and by now you may have heard about the controversial game in one of several very different contexts. Shortly after its reveal, some fans began speculating that the game was a secret Hideo Kojima project, perhaps even his return to the Silent Hill franchise after teasing PT eight years ago. Seeking to counter their claims, others pointed to Blue Box Studios' uh, well-documented and lackluster development history, uh, arguing that Abandoned is just another in a long line of games announced by the studio that will never see a release. Uh, the lead developer on the pot project, Hassan Karaman, has said Abandoned is exactly what he always said it was, an indie survival horror about a lone survivor stuck in the woods with a cult. I remember when they showed that first initial tease 3-bit, uh, that was all assets actually just like available for anybody that yeah. uses the un- Unreal Engine. And I don't know if like that was widely reported, but I immediately like saw those assets. I'm like, those are store bought assets from the Unreal store. And he didn't even change like anything in the like he pretty much just downloaded the asset from the Unreal store and um, dropped in. Uh, maybe like a first person pack like uh, like a I don't remember if he had a flashlight I can't remember it was a while ago but pretty much he bought what was in the store and then just pressed play and took a screenshot and like abandoned and I'm just like <laughs> like just knowing that um he didn't even bother to change the environment or or maybe 
move a tree. It was it was pretty much this store bought, and he didn't add anything else to it. So, it and it's common for devs to use assets, especially when you're starting off your game. That's just perfectly that's fine. Um, and everything, but the fact that he was using that and just being like, "This is." The first teaser and, you, and all you did was like buy a pack that's i think fifty dollars and that's then... really smart you buy a pack and then you resell it as a game to make money yeah off of it. exactly <laughs> um that's pretty much what he was doing so i always I, I always saw like that project as like a fraud and, and and just like i don't know and and was i salty that he used my name maybe maybe a little bit but <laughs> also uh just like the way he he's been navigating like um using hideo's name and kind of using controversy to boost his own uh game it, it was like both smart but also like i could clearly see what he was doing um so yeah anyway sorry go ahead yeah so he said it, so that he claims that it was a game that was uh about a lone survival stuck in the woods with a cult however in the past year onlookers have always Seen it become a game about a rampant, super intelligent AI. More recently, it was said to be a game about vampires. As it stands, there's no meaningful evidence that Abandoned exists in any real way. Though there, though there is a long trail of dubious business deals, uninspiring leaks, and a chat room full of fans, including at least one child, where the game's lead developer has misled a captive audience for months. Despite once being planned to release on PS5 in the fall of 2021, several people close to Karaman tell GameSpot that there is no game. At least not one that is actively being worked on. The reason for that isn't as fun as it being part of some long con Kojima ARG like fans once suspected. In reality, those close to Karamontel GameSpot, despite Karamont's public claims that the game's development is coming along, he has privately admitted that Bandon is on hold and he first needs to fund its development with a playable prologue, which our sources indicate he doesn't seem to be in a hurry to create. Um, maybe he doesn't know how. Potentially. I don't know. Uh Interviews with more than half a dozen people who have had close contact with him since September have detailed a picture of a game in disarray and a developer who promises a lot, including paid work for fans, but delivers very little. Two months after Abandon's original reveal invited a brief spark of fan theories, Karaman shared a since-deleted tweet from Blue Box's Twitter account that said a reveal was closing in and offered a hint that the game's real name starts with S and ends with L. That's sparked a lot of the Silent Hill uh, conspiracy theories out there by overtly leaning into the Silent Hill speculation Karaman reignited the theory that there was more to this game than players were initially led to believe and so began the summer of abandoned multiple discord servers subreddits and other forums were created with the sole purpose of trying to find the proverbial curtain Kojima and or Konami were hiding behind um, it was not an unreasonable belief after all something Kojima had done twice before yeah he did back with uh Metal Gear Solid 5, where he had the wrap around his head during like the Game Awards and all that kind of stuff. Remember that? Um, yeah. But it says, for a few days, uh, Abandon could have arguably passed for another Kojima ruse, but as theories around Abandon grew more outlandish each day, forums began to express paradolia, a uh, wish-fulfilling drive to find patterns where they don't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so over time, I'm just kind of skipping through some of this. He, over time, he seemed to bend the direction of his game and its concept to retrofit what fans were saying. Makes sense. Oh, if he hasn't have anything and he's trying to stir the pot, which is what he did with that SNL thing. Uh, there are many things still mysterious about Blue Box, such as who else is on the team. Carmine has said roughly 50 people. 
including I don't believe that for a second, including outsourcing studios are working on abandoned. The Dutch Chamber of Commerce confirmed with GameSpot that Blue Box was founded in 2015 with 10 employees. Today, Blue Box's registration with the chamber has never been updated to reflect a different number of employees, though a representative told GameSpot it is the business responsibility to update details such as this. Paramount did update its registration twice in the last seven years, once to change the business address and another time to register an alternate trade name, Pixel Molecule, which the company's company appears not to have used. Um, but what much of what GameSpot has learned recently about the developer comes from those with knowledge of a private and very exclusive online group chat room. Sources say since fall, since last fall, this has been a space where Karaman would share game materials such as screenshots, animations, and even a page of the game's script. The group's original iteration was composed of roughly a dozen fans from one of the Discord servers that sprang up to study the mis- mysteries surrounding the game. Karaman handpicked who to invite based on who he researched. He once told the group. So he picked people, I think, in order to help try and drive the realism aspect of this to like trick people into thinking it was real so they could spread more misinformation, probably, right? Um, yeah. So those with knowledge of the group has described Karaman as duplic- duplicitous and prone to mood swings, often getting into heated arguments when members of the group would ask for progress updates or question his honesty. He then profusely apologized later, sometimes attributing his outburst to the stress he was under due to the wave of fan theories. Um, interesting. Okay. Uh, so I, stupid I, games win stupid prizes. Yeah. I missed this. It says, those in his group chat were often sworn to secrecy. Some were even made to sign a vague NDA, of which GameSpot obtained a copy. According to sources, Karaman sought agreeable fans, and when some members of the group would challenge him on, the empty, on his empty promises and discrepancies between public and private comments, he would kick them out or make a news a new, sometimes smaller group with only new and or still agreeable fans. The group has gone through roughly half a dozen iterations, pulling in various fans from different social media platforms. For a while, some members stuck around because they still believed in this project. Others simply liked the exclusive access. Um, one person told GameSpot that Karaman admitted to keeping some people in the group just so they wouldn't leak things he had previously shared with them. He took to sending voice messages, which sources felt was a strategy used by him to avoid screenshots of conversations being taken. Uh, This is where the most egregious things were said. According to a source, he left at least one member feeling hurt and others frustrated or confused at how he would say one thing publicly and then another private to his inner circle. Um, Such a scam artist. It sounds like a cult. Yeah, it's this is crazy stuff, dude. Um, I seen I seen an interview with him. Um, I guess it was on. He he interviewed with Col- Col- Colin Moriarty, yeah. I think oh, one time, yeah. <laughs> and like he was struggling to answer like basic questions yeah. about his own game, and and he was like clearly lying. And, and Colin about... knows quite a bit about game development and stuff. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. he he may have made a mistake going on to that. I think. I think after that interview, his like, his crushed probably. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think that's when a lot of people realize that he wasn't who he was saying he was. Yeah, for sure. Um, often when members leaked things he shared, Karaman would publicly deny that the materials were a part of his project, while he privately sought to identify the leakers. On one occasion, Karaman put an audio file on his studio website that he wanted to show the group. As the latest exclusive asset, the cryptic audio, which is now available on YouTube, was poorly translated in Japanese, although it was done using a program such as Google Translate. 
Sources felt the use of Japanese was another way Carmen chose to lean into the Kojima theories, even as he simultaneously refuted them. The audio tied into the Zero Cell plot Karaman was pivoting to at the time, which was to say sounded like a Metal Gear Solid copycat. Um, but when it was shared online, because someone outside the group found it, Karaman publicly claimed his website was hacked and that he didn't know it was even there. Messages obtained by GameSpot show Karaman saying he wanted to find out who leaked it to the Redditor, who ultimately shared it widely. A source said this display of blatant dishonesty made things awkward in the group. <laughs> this is, sounds like crazy, dude. Like, um, it'd be like three bit. You just starting a game and then like developing this little fan following cult, and then like you keep like messing with them and fucking with them constantly. You know what I mean? And like not actually deliver delivering anything to them. Um, it's like it's like almost like fan torture. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, Interesting. He sought to form both a working and romantic relationship with one member of the group and promised to pay them for work done on the game's PlayStation Trophy-related art after the studio began to receive revenue for the game's release. He said in March of 2022, he planned to visit the prospective business and romantic partner in person two months later when he'd be free, which the person took to mean Karaman expected to be done with the game's prologue by then. One of, the several, one of several splits in the group chat also separated the pair on both social and professional terms, and according to sources, they haven't spoken since. Um, wait, what? yeah um wait wait can you rewind that a little so he he <laughs> there was someone in their group and he just he started just to try and close. form a relationship you know romantic relationship and then when the all when the social media groups got split because of falling out within the group or whatever and he started a new one that they haven't spoken since now oh um, okay yeah got it. In, in in another uh, situation he asked a member of the group to act as his shipping partner by storing wait, some wait, of the game's sorry. eventual physical copy, <laughs> and and you said like that they were trying to make achievement art. Like he was hiring that that person that. Uh, yeah, he was going to be willing to pay them later after he got money to be for doing achievement art. Oh, uh, yeah. This is like, like hey, do the work for me now. I'll pay you that. later. Why are you? Situation. Yeah, why are you doing achievement you... art when you don't even have a game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's> like... <laughs> That's I, th- I the think very end. if you look at it, he's trying to drive a romantic relationship, trying to get close, trying to form a bond there, get her to do something. It, if you're actually having somebody do work, it makes the game seem more real. You know what I mean? You give promise of money later. That's yeah, uh, a con man. You know what I mean? Uh, all yeah. the way, right? Uh, and another yeah, drink si- this Kool Aid. Yeah, exactly. In another we'll situation. He asked a member of the group to act as a shipping partner by storing some of the game's eventual physical copies in the U.S. to prevent Karaman from needing to find a storage facility what? by traveling from the Netherlands to the U.S. himself. He offered- Again, that's something you worry about way later, especially if you're a small student. He does not have 50 employees. Like, you have like maybe 10, and first off, you have to go through I, a lot I of... I don't even think he probably has that. Yeah, He's probably. One man show. Probably just one different hat. I, I honestly think it's just him, but like that's a process you worry about way later after you even get approval on the Microsoft or PlayStation store. Yeah. I mean, there's no proof that you even have to show that other people are even working on something. You know what I mean? He could have like I got yeah. like, hey, will you help me with this? Or like a bunch of people. Oh yeah, I have the studio. You know, it's ten people, right? Um, he offered to pay both 
to pay the fan $1,500 for this, which he said would cover expenses with some money left over as profit and set them up with a Blue Box Game Studios email address so they could correspond with Sony. He admitted the final details, including payment, were still to be determined. A few days after sending the fan a, fan, a form from Sony Active Entertainment to fill out, which included his own home address, Carmon rescinded the odd deal. Uh, so this is actually a leaked DM here now. Uh, Hassan Karaman uh, in DM says, Hey, blank, blank, I have a not-so-random question for you, LOL. It's actually that I trust you. I am looking for a storage space or so in the U.S. because Sony told me that the U.S. versions of the physical game can't be shipped overseas. So instead of looking for a storage hub and having me actually to go there, I wanted to ask, would you be available for this for me? So instead of looking for a spot, have the stock delivered to an address you have access to, and then ship it overseas to the blue box address, you will get a fee, of course. What the fuck is this, man? This is so weird, dude. I got some cocaine bricks in the in the yard, so I need to send these over to your spot. <laughs> you gotta hold them for me until I, you know, can uh, have them transported over, and you 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 can get a a portion of the profit. Yeah, this it just seems oh more God, about the like how, making... how did these people fall for this? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That doesn't make any. I mean, a lot of what he's doing doesn't make any sense. But that, yeah. So. Sense. Email says thanks. The NDA looks good. I have attached the form from Sony. Please only fill in the shipping info. I will also provide you a Blue Box Game Studio email address and include you in the conversation between Sony, so that if they have questions, shipping info, or, or whatever, they can reach out to, to you at all times. I know you wouldn't talk about this with others, but please keep everything confidential. Obviously, he didn't keep it confidential because we're looking at these DMs right now uh, and these emails. Um, interesting, man. I'll be sending, so from Hassan, I'll be sending the agreement basically that everything will be mentioned. Regarding the cost, the one-time fee will have to let you know as it is still early for me to set a rate because the pricing still has to be confirmed with Sony. But the fee would cover all expenses like shipping, packaging, printing, etc. and still give you enough revenue as profit. Do you have a delivery service that picks up packages from your house and handles the delivery from there? Like what UPS and DHL does? If so... Then I would take care of the cost for that. I think I can also order packaging for you to safely ship the Blu-ray box. So the only thing you would have to take care of is the printing of the labels and making the copies ready for delivery. I know it sucks, but I think once received the units and the packaging, I think you already can make them ready for shipping, but you have to apply the delivery labels on them. So based this on is, this, I think you would have is, to pay for the printing ink and labels. <laughs> so let's say the fee would be $1,500. But we can still talk about this a bit later before the agreement. What so the this is this on? is literally a playbook out of scam artists. Like there's scam artists that would be like, all you have to do is mail these checks out to people. Like we'll pay for the like the the checks to be mailed to you or whatever. But all you gotta do is you put a postage stamp and put the checks in the envelope, and mail them out to some place in Africa, and you're good. And we give you a hundred dollars a month. It's like no, <laughs> yeah, this is insane. Uh, how how did somebody not like realize? Okay. Let's just say you're completely gullible and naive. We're talking about a physical copy of a video game. Like, why would this person be the go-between between a GameStop or a Best Buy or, you know, Joe Schmo that, you know, orders it off of the internet or off of PlayStation? Like, what? what? Like, I, it's, I, it's just weird that he's... 
even considering that the game is nowhere near completion and that's something you'll worry about more further down the line and also i don't think this game is big enough to be worrying about a bunch of physical copies <laughs> so you would most likely worry about digital more so than and and like what what leads me to believe this is a scam besides all what J- jasper just said is completely right um is the fact that you're worrying about problems like achievement art and and how you're going to ship your your boxes and and <laughs> and collectors or, and all that when you barely have a game yeah. to to even show like that's something you worry about like what's your game goals gold you're like okay i have the game complete here i'm gonna send uh uh the copies of the game to to sony so they can improve it to so it could be in their store because you can finish a game and it won't be approved on Microsoft or Sony. You have games that have been out for years that aren't on uh, different stores. You have to get approved for that. So unless Sony said outright that I'm going to put it on the store, which I think they might have. I don't know, because I think I've seen it on PlayStation's channel. I don't know what deals or or whatever he's made. I know um, huge media outlets started posting it and maybe that gave Sony some incentive incentive to promote it as well but um what i do know is at least when you have your game out it goes through a much strenuous process of them actually approving it um because it goes through it's not just like you finish the game you put it on the store it has to go through the esrb and, and all this crazy processing um which i would not worry about at the state of where the game probably <laughs> is at there's you not know. there's no game. There never was. There is no game. Uh, yeah. Splendid difference with the two dollar super chat says, I need to hear Fuzzy's take on this, bro. Give goods. Um because <laughs> earlier you you were, you were quiet, he said. So uh Fuzzy. Yeah. It, this, how much of is this it, this is a big ploy. It always has been. We've called it out numerous times. There was still yeah. some out there being like, This is this is real. Now now officially a big website. And the gaming media has officially called him out publicly with evidence. You know what I mean? I I just don't know when people started going left on this from from like the beginning when they were talking Silent Hill. It's like, do you guys not realize that you know, um, Bloober team is working on Silent Hill? And when people said that a while ago, because like Bloober even hinted to it because of the composer that they were using last time. So it's like that was like a given that they were public about but not you know loud about so if you weren't paying attention or listening you wouldn't know i guess but you know for people that were fans of their previous games it's like oh yeah so they're making a silent hill we'll see where it goes and now we know it's going to playstation for a year but the the whole blue box thing it just i don't know something about it from get-go just seemed off like I remember being on the PS4 during the whole, you know, No Man's Sky. And I'm like, well, first of all, I got I I felt a bit burned after Drive Club. So it was one of those deals where, all right, the game's delayed a year and then it's still released broken for an online, primarily online only game. And the online was the main thing that didn't work for two months. I'm like, come on. And then the whole, you know, No Man's Sky, it was like, all right. I already got my guard up because Driver Club was supposed to be a first party game and it was broken as F as far as, you know, a year and two months afterwards. But 
this no man's sky and looks like the guy just looks like he's a deer in headlights it's like oh does it have this yeah it has this and this and extra stuff and it's like come on sean murray you, you you're like i don't know you're making promises that you can't seem to keep but you know i wasn't surprised when it was like nowhere near what what he had promised but this from get-go i was like I, I'm not a developer like like uh 3bit is or anything like that. No, I didn't know anything about like the you know the basic assets or like the store bought assets, but I'm like something about this just mm, I don't know. Like it almost feels like the, the guy that's selling you property in Florida and you go there and it's an actual swamp or something, but you saw the pictures <laughs> and it was like some house made in in you know Sims or whatever. I don't know. It, it just from get go. And I'm like, Kojima, yeah, he's done some, you know, unique, weird type things as far as for unveilings and stuff for some of his games. But I'm like, okay, if you guys are actually calling out that, oh, this has got to be Kojima and he's not saying anything on it, like, typically they would try to, like, like, I think even when he was doing those weird things where he had his face wrapped up or the other guy's face wrapped up type of thing. And, there was some sort of like initial denial, but there was nothing from him. Like he was probably like, "What? Why are these people even believing this?" Oh, I'm not even going to respond because this is nonsense. And I guess it got to the point where he finally had to say something about it. But it it just from get go, this thing seemed off. Like yeah. it was smart uh, to to be honest. Like it was really smart. Where mm-hmm. when people were speculating, it was Kojima, and he was kind of like having some fun with it. Yeah. That if was he had a game, really it would have been a smart thing. But like, yeah. It, instead, he's just he it comes across as a con man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I would have kept I, if if like people thought that I probably would have done the same. Like, like, oh yeah, but and made some fun with it. But then I would have had something to actually like combat. It, like, okay, here's the actual game, or yeah, here's what the game actually is. He kind of like let people believe that it was Kojima for a while. Like it was a Kojima product, even though he's like, "Oh, it's not. Huh? No, it's not." But then he'd be like, "SL," and he he would just like do things to f- fool a lot of people into believing that it was a Hideo Kojima game. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it, it was smart for him to do that, but also I think it, it got to a point where it's very misleading, and he doesn't uh, actually have anything to sort of back it up I, I think he's the only employee um based on different interviews he's been in where he he's says like, oh yeah i have 50 employees. His employees i have 10 he's... <laughs> he changes his number every interview he has yeah um he changes the genre or not the genre of the game but what what the story is of the game every time he's in different interviews like he doesn't really know what it is and he's basing a lot of what the game is from fan perception uh rather than having an actual vision so i don't know i i <laughs> i i think um we've all called out this game being a scam for a while yeah. now if this game keep my words if this game actually ends up coming out like three years from now then i will like hey i don't <laughs> think at this point sony would don't ever would. let this game actually come out if there was actually a game which i don't think See, there here- is the the thing that gets me, they had that that experience app. Like, I, I man, oh, yeah, I'm surprised some of these lawyers aren't like get your, you, like <laughs> their lawyers need to be at his doorstep. Like, 
it already seemed like some of the videos he was in, there was like a hostage situation. They need to <laughs> No, I don't want to push did... any bad luck on anybody, but it's like there's so many lawyers need to do something about this because they, they fell for this how, how did like, they how did he get on a state of play? Yeah. I don't know. What? Well, how did this like, game... I think I could do a, a doodle game with, with drawings in a uh, flip notebook. Better never mind. I, I, I'm not even going to go. There. Just, His just, demo I could make in like a couple days. <laughs> it's not like what? I'm. I don't know how he got that far to be on an official. That's what I was saying before. Like I don't know how he got on a PlayStation channel. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't know. I don't know how he got picked up by so many outlets. Because I think it really started with the state of play, right? Or yeah, I don't know how he. Do you think really he could have eventually originally conned Sony to thinking like he was Kojima or that was going to? But he would have to yeah, show some know. gameplay. Like, wouldn't wouldn't they have to see something? Like, what are you working it, on? Well, I, here's some still shots, and I, I think even then they'd be like, mm, "How about something in motion?" And whatever, like, I mean, they did have the that's what I'm they did have that in motion trailer, but maybe like Sony was looking for indie developers, so they had something just for their state of play. And then he was like, email. He probably emailed them, just being like, "Hey, I have this." Yeah. And then it just sort of blew up. There's, but. there's more. This gets even more interesting, guys. So, okay. So more recently, a trove of materials shared by Karaman to the group chat over the course of several months found its way to places like Twitter and Reddit. Some of these materials were verified as having come from Karaman by Gamespot earlier this year during their ongoing investigation. Among the pieces newly revealed to the public is artwork with the words Silent Hill 5 on it. Uh, Using the same asset of a character's leg and jeans and dark shoes that the developer has utilized in several other items, both public and private. He was trying to pawn this off as Silent Hill. Um, (laughs) Crazy, right? Um, Initially, Karaman wanted to once more publicly label the leaks fake but he was convinced by others in private to come clean and admit they're real in a since-deleted tweet that he released jointly with a YouTuber who had been following the story. Shortly after publishing the statement on Karaman's behalf, the YouTuber deleted his tweet and said no longer had fa- he had no longer had faith in Karaman's version of events, even if that statement Karaman alleged the, as- alleged the assets weren't from abandonment. Uh, so basically, he came clean at one point uh, and then deleted his tweet. <laughs> So according to sources, this happened often in the group. Karaman would share something. The group would be unimpressed and possibly even leak it to various outsiders, at which point Karaman would say he was just testing their loyalty and that the assets are not from Abandoned after all. This began to happen more after the Zero Cell audio leak, at which time Karaman was said to have become more suspicious of those in the group. Why do you have this group? The only reason they have the group in the first place is to drive conversation and speculation out there in the reddit worlds uh which is crazy that's the only point of it in my opinion i i don't know why he, he would uh even do that so um so <laughs> it appears the recent run of abandoned leaks is a reaction to the many silent hill leaks in the news it's as though credible reports of a real silent hill game are stirring up frustrated reminders that abandoned was once thought to be that game but in fact is no game at all um well if I was Bluebeard, I'd be like, what the heck is going on over there? I mean, it, it is a game. It's a game of deception. That that He should have just called it a deception instead of abandoned. That, that would have been a bit more fitting. It's, it's like, Pyramid Scheme the game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, oh man. It's interesting. Amazing. Like, I remember when the game, I wonder if we could find, like, when that game was announced, because I think we were all was it, it. Was it, a, I think it leaked first, didn't it? It was like a, a fake leak or whatever that came out mm-hmm. on, like, Twitter or something. Yeah, it was like a day before, like, the state of play or something. And that's when people were all, even then, talking about Silent Hill or something. I can't remember. I, I remember um, me reacting to it live um, on this channel. So I, I remember, <laughs> I, I remember um, what my reaction was afterwards when everyone was thinking like it was a, a Hideo Kojima game. But I remember thinking earlier on that this game was very scammy, just based on Hassan's reactions and everything. But goodness gracious, I didn't think it would go this far to needing a group to sort of validate that this like, hey, don't share this, but. <laughs> It's like a public forum of, I don't know, it's, it's just really weird. And using assets from Silent Hill. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's not a game there. And I don't think he has any knowledge of development. Um, <laughs> or minimal, uh, right? Maybe. Either like... minimal or I don't know, like um, besides that first trailer, did we see anything else? He put up that ex- demo on the PlayStation Store. Where you could like flip through screenshots or whatever it was. It was yeah, that experience <laughs> app or something. And oh, the fact but... that that thing didn't work, it was like, oh, there's going to be a big unveiling, you know, at five p.m. And five p.m. came and went. Two days later, it's like, oh, well, it's it's finally working. I'm like, come on, no. And it was just the guy walking on the floor, like, really, like. All this for a clip that you had already shared on Twitter two days ago. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I I don't know. They got it like, I don't know. Like, it's just weird. I I feel like the, in in a weird way, the, the, it seems like he's being allowed to take advantage of the community by like PlayStation and, and, um, other people that would still be pushing this or potentially letting him show something at this point. You know what I mean? I think there's enough evidence out there to kind of like just sh- let him know, hey, this, this isn't going to happen. You know what I mean? And make it public like from their end. I don't know legally if they can or not, but like, I don't know. It just seems like a very bad situation that it's, I, I can't believe this. They'll just keep moving and, and like, I think uh, he probably just the the process of submitting an indie game to a show and they liked it and needed something for that state of play. And they probably didn't know it would be that big and it got pretty big. Um, They just probably thought it was a small studio like, hey, sure, why not? Yeah, (laughs) that has no backing, you know, I think the backlash caused them to do some pretty heavy bidding on the Konami's actual Silent Hill. I think after this whole deal, they were like, yeah, we need to lock that down to kind of make up for our, our, you know, mistake or, or overlook on this thing. So lack of oversight. Yeah. How much is that going to cost us? 18 million up front. Oh God. Yeah. Lock it down, lock it down for a year. Do what we can get Silent Hill. It just seems, uh... Like, I guess it works for them 
But every time I see Sony do that, I'm like, that's so short-sighted to your business, in my opinion. Opinion, unless unless you buy Konami, you don't have to keep making those eighteen million, twenty, however much it is, deals like constantly. Like I've always thought that was always short-sighted of them. But hey, they keep doing it, so it must be working, and they're still the market leader. So, yeah. um. I think the perception is is very big for them, like giving the appearance of that this game is only available on our platform, um, like Call of Duty. And it's why it's so important for them and why they're fighting back so hard um, of keeping Activision separate um, because the way they've been promoting Call of Duty is like, Hey, you get this exclusive content only on Call of Duty. Oh, this you see this map pack, you can only get this on on PlayStation. So that going away, um, it's it's all perception. Like they're, they're they don't own Activision, they don't own Call of Duty, they don't own Konami or Square Enix. Um, but I guess perception is pretty pretty dang strong. Yeah, for sure. Well, as we move on to the last little thing we got to talk about, Eidos Montreal uh, is working on Fable and other games. Um, and some out there trying to say, hey, that means that Fable's in bad shape. They need to go get Eidos Montreal to help, right? Uh, I'm wondering uh, how entrenched Eidos Montreal is with Xbox right now. Because when Jason Schreier uh, made the tweet uh, making this public, he had mentioned games, not just game, right? He said games like Fable that Eidos Montreal is working on over at Xbox. Um, do y'all have a theory about how many games they could be helping with right now? Like, what does that even mean? Like, working on games. So, that's very, like, do they have animators helping with certain aspects? Do they have producers helping with, like, they have, like, uh artists helping with one thing they have engine developers like or engineers working with them on one thing like uh i don't know what what all it means but it's very interesting how entrenched these x square enix uh, western studios are with xbox now because you got crystal dynamics helping with perfect dark which was made public uh by uh by the initiative and xbox and now now we know this so uh is there more to it um start with jasper uh i mean i think it's just support studio i don't think there's like much to it to be honest like we know coalitions helped people before so like i think it's just them contracting another studio out to help maybe embracer doesn't have a project planned for them all the way yet or something and they're just like hey we can use the studio we just bought to make a little bit of money just sell them out as a sports studio for now until we kind of figure out where they belong in our like in our company right do you think that xbox is keeping them busy on their projects while they're waiting on abk deal to be done uh that may be reading some of fuzzy's tea leaves there but uh (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't Mm. i don't think so i think that's maybe looking into it too much i think xbox is just the, the publisher that maybe looks out for studios to help them to help bring in people to help. Right. I don't know. Like, I mean, they have had like creative assembly, to, yeah. you know, uh, halo wars and uh, stuff like that. But 
Uh, it seems like Creative Assembly and Relic almost work on every single RTS game out there. You know, it's like they're the RTS devs and they just get traded around like like uh, uh, all over the place. Um, it, you usually haven't heard about Crystal Dynamics and, and Eidos Montreal like being support studios though, like in the past. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just could be where Embracer hasn't figured out where to put them yet. And yeah. with their projects, maybe they were working on something that was a Square Enix IP and they can't work on that now that they're owned by Embracer. So they're like kind of starting from scratch with whatever they were working on. So they just need to figure out where they need to put them. Yeah. Well, they brought all of their Western IP over, right? But it could have been like a Marvel, you know, it could have been another weird project yeah. like that that they could have been going to work on. They've talked about bringing Deus Ex back and other legacy titles, right? Um, but Fuzz, like, let's hear some tea leaves, bro. <laughs> man oh man this this has been kind of an interesting thing because you know looking back with uh daryl gallier working over at uh the initiative bringing crystal dynamics in a team that he used to head up back when he was over there um now square dumps that team or sells them off sells idos in montreal and another one of their studios which i guess has been dissolved now and into the other two, but still there are some theories, some pretty good ones, mind you, that uh, Microsoft was tied up with ABK. We all know that they're all in on that and that they can't buy anything right now. It's like they, their hands are tied to some extent. And I guess ABK, even though they bought that support studio for World of Warcraft, that's kind of like within their normal business range, you know, buying something like Eidos Montreal or, or um, you know, Crystal Dynamics may not have been within that range that they can explain easily, you know, during this acquisition. So Xbox or Microsoft in general works well with Embracer Group and Embracer Group is, you know, they're opportunists as well as, you know, a gaming publisher and an investment group and stuff. So they uh, saw the opportunity to either one, make some potential future money off of Microsoft, knowing the situation, knowing that Microsoft can't buy and they would love to buy because, it, you know, Microsoft wants to, you know, take the Sony approach with that organic growth, try a team, buy a team kind of thing where it's like, oh, we work well together. How Here's you know a check and now you're part of the family type of deal. But um, since they can't do that at the moment, you know, here's Embracer Group with some extra money in their pocket, some, you know, private investment stuff. I think some of it from Saudi Arabia, some of it from other places. And they're like, hey, we got some cash to kind of scoop these up because obviously Square doesn't want them anymore. anymore. So um, they pick them up and you know, rent them out. Xbox was already in pocket to to use at least one of the teams, and now they're using another team that was on their radar of acquire of acquisition. You know, prior to this whole ABK deal, so th- there is that possibility. There is that possibility that you know um, Phil had a conversation with Lars because they seem to be on you know friendly terms as far as. You know, uh, between the two companies, you know, there's a lot of um, Embracer Group games in Game Pass and stuff like that. So, hey, why not uh, do us a solid and pick up these people while we can't uh, spend any money type of thing? And, they, you know, could have been all for it. It's like, hey, I pick them up for 300 mil. We will we'll cover you for 600 mil or wherever the case may be. But um, I don't know. It, it It's it's unusual 
in from an optic standpoint, but I guess from an industry standpoint, it's it's kind of the norm. A lot of times you'll have on big, you know, first party titles, there will be support studios. I mean, even when you look at like companies like uh, Ubisoft, I know on some of their games, they've had some outside studios do su- some support work. For I will say some of their games too. mentioning that uh, with Master Chief Collection, Microsoft hired Embracer Studios to help uh, build that game. So, hmm. So Microsoft has a, a Microsoft has a past history there with hiring Embracer Studios to help make their games. So which game? What? Master Chief Collection. They got Embracer Group to help. It was Saber. Yeah, Saber. Right, Saber was were they part of Embracer Group at the time? Or were they just in Saber? Uh, I would assume so. And Embracer Group hasn't existed that long. Uh, Embracer mean, Group's only existed for five, six years, probably. Maybe yeah, yeah. And, and because they, I think they started with just acquiring smaller studios. Didn't Embracer Group help out with Halo Wars too. Uh, no, Crystal Dynamics did, but the Square they Crystal Dynamics is now part of Embracer Group, which I think is part of what where Jasper's coming with Saber. I don't know if they were part of Embracer Group at the time, right? Um, they may have been. I'm not sure. Uh, but Saber had a long history of working on Halo stuff. Yeah, you know. Uh, they work is THQ Nordic Embracer? Um, yep. Yes. Yeah, they helped out with Halo Wars too. At least di- distribute physical. I mean, so there there is past working history within some of the teams, even if it wasn't under that current named umbrella that it is today. There is history there. So one of a couple of things, maybe you know, we we joked about it before on on you know, Xbox Ultimate, maybe uh, Embracer Group is the next target after ABK. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, they, they, there's a great working relationship for that, you know, organic growth that some people like to talk about. So um, I don't know. I I just, I get the, the, the funny feeling that there is a little bit more than just coincidence with Embracer having this group and, you know, Microsoft using them. But then again, because they've used other teams within Embracer, it, it it shouldn't set off any you know alarms considering you know the past history. So it, it's I don't know. I the yeah. one thing I will say I don't foresee there being any trouble with Fable or with you know Perfect Dark. Uh, I know that there was some you know concern as far as the revolving door for the initiative. But, you know, I I was surprised that it made it that far and not knocking, you know, a lot of talented devs. But when you have that caliber of talent amongst like the best of the best in the business, all working under one roof, that's a lot of cooks to have in the kitchen kind of mm-hmm. thing. And only one can be the true boss kind of deal. So I could see some personalities clashing or things like that. But, you know. With with Crystal Dynamics coming in there, a team that you know the guy that's the head, you know, has worked with before, was in charge of before. He already knows what to expect, and and the team that he's going to be working with. But um, with Fable, you're looking at a, a dev that mainly did car racing games. So they've yes, they've definitely hired a lot of people to help on some of the the RPG aspects of things and things that are you know, above and beyond what like they would normally task to do for like a, a horizon game, you know, having that extra help with the team that's already done something similar or, 
or has had experience in similar instances, you know, seems to, you know, be a, a quicker route than hiring, especially given the economy. And I think there was like a Microsoft hiring freeze um, that was put on towards the mid part of last month or the end of last month or something like that. So they can't hire, but they can contract out, you know, so be it. But yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any dire straits with them coming to help, you know, with Fable. I just think they want to make sure Fable and all, all the things that we've heard is it, it's going to be a rock solid release type of thing. And I want, I guess they want to make sure they button up all the things and have as many hands on deck to get that thing, you know, over the finish line here yeah. in the next year or two. So we'll they see. didn't, they didn't acquire and saber until February of 2020. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, hmm. They officially got THQ's like license, like licensing and uh, the name trademark THQ in 2014. Mm-hmm. Before that, they were just Nordic Games, who they had uh, per- acquired. Wingerfers had invested into that company, and he kind of took it over, right? And then he's grown from that. And they acquired THQ when they went under, uh, got the trademark and all that kind of stuff, got the licensing there. Uh, so I don't know exactly like where the relationship goes, but that being said, so some of the people are still there within those companies, right? So there is an existing relationship with a lot of these places uh, and companies that are within Embracer Group, but a lot of them predate Embracer Group as a whole, including Eidos Montreal and Square Enix could also potentially and uh, Crystal Dynamics could potentially predate. Embracer Group, because those could have been contracts that were already in hand uh, based on contract that maybe Xbox signed with Square Enix at the time when Square was knew that they weren't going to be investing anything with new games for those studios, may have looked at, okay, well, we can at least outsource them for now until we sell them, right? So it could have been pre-existing contracts there, right? But that being said, we know that Xbox has a history also with Crystal Dynamics with doing exclusivity deal before on Tomb Raider. Um, and we also know that they d- were interested in getting their help on these games. And also Daryl Gallagher came from Square's Western Division and is head of the initiative, right? So there's a lot of ties here. And if you say, well, the interesting thing was for me, it was like when it was became not just one game, because you're pretty entrenching yourself within the ecosystem at that point, within development at Microsoft. And you get used to working. Um, I, yeah, I know you can't really speak on anything specifically to this 3-bit, but like with with teams, you get used to working together and stuff like that. Does that have an impact on interest in working together in the future? Yeah. Right. It always ends up looping back around somehow. Um. Yeah, I mean, this is a hard topic to talk about for me, but I, I think um, yeah, you don't have of, to say anything specific. I'm just saying, I like, I won't. But you just talking about like team relationships, like yeah, team relationships. Like, you know, like obviously, if I feel more comfortable working with somebody and I have a good relationship there, I keep that ongoing, kind of like what they do with certain affinity, right? You know what I mean? They keep going back to them, and now that relationship's growing and growing, and. Now there's even a, a big game coming from them potentially that's a first party exclusive. But like uh it seems to me that these studios are becoming pretty entrenched and close 
And I, does that have an impact from your experience of game development uh, with studios or teams working, you know, with the same company or further? You know what I mean? I would think it does. You know? Yeah, um, I could say with Microsoft, for example, sometimes they'll partner with um, like smaller companies, like let's say printing companies, for example. And um, if they do a good job for an event that maybe Microsoft is holding, then most likely they'll call them back for an even bigger event. Right. If they do good in that, you know, then they'll uh, keep them on like what's most companies have is like a client list and they'll be the first person they call for X, Y, Z situations. And it's pretty similar. And um, the game design field too, like they build up those relationships and I, and um I mean, you can sort of call back to uh, Microsoft's purchase of Bethesda too, right? Todd Howard um, and Xbox, they had a very close relationship um, before they were they were purchased. And uh, to some people on the outside, maybe it didn't seem that way, but <laughs> it, it really was like uh, where Microsoft and, and Bethesda, I think uh, Oblivion, it was like, they displayed Oblivion for the first time on the E3 stage on the Xbox or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it like crashed. <laughs> it, it, there's like a whole behind, behind the scenes of like Todd Howard and, and their history with, with Xbox. Um, it's different videos and stuff on it. But it usually just starts with um, something small, like maybe a DLC or they, they do a marketing deal with each other. And then it builds up and builds up and it makes it easier for um more deals in the future yeah so i would think that would be increased if a game if a team is working on multiple games also you know what i mean like if you're if you're helping because maybe you feel like you need you need that you know what i mean at a certain point you get used to it you get used to accustomed to how the how the pipeline's working how the your relationship's going and it's like oh shit if we don't have that how do we replace it in the future on our next project you know what i mean uh, or maybe it's just like, hey, this is this done, and we'll figure out the next one as it goes. But like, I don't know. I I feel like Xbox probably intended originally to want to get these studios, um, Crystal Dynamics and Idos Montreal, couldn't because the ABK deal is ongoing. The Embracer Group potentially saw the the writings on the wall and and was inquiring Square. Square's obviously shopping these studios out. Embracer knows that the uh, studios are tied up with Microsoft potentially uh, and are going to be for some time working on these multiple projects. Uh, They also have the hype that they can build around Tomb Raider because that game was just announced, right? They uh, go ahead and acquire them for the low, low price of like crazy $275 million or $300 million or whatever it was. I don't remember the dollar amount, but it was insanely low for the studios and the IP. Knowing that, you know what, you're not going to have any big return on your investment right now. Maybe that's why the price was so low, because there's no games coming out anytime soon. And maybe the uh, big-time return is going to be when you flip that studio, actually, and instead of the game, right? Because if they're contracted up for a few years, uh, that could also lead potentially to one of the reasons why the cost was so low on the acquisition. Because a lot of times when these studios get acquired, there's like a big project you stand behind or like Obsidian had a vow that they had pitched and all these different things. And, you know, like, hey, they got this property, they got this IP, this game's coming. 
But what if you know you're not going to make a return on that? You know what I mean? What if you're not expecting to make a return on that because you know that the studios are tied up with pre-existing contracts with Microsoft for like three, four, five years? Right? Who knows how long these games are going to take to come out? I, I, We don't know, but when you say multiple games, it gets more interesting. So if you know you're not going to make a big return on an, an actual game release, uh, that could have potentially affected the price for Crystal Dynamics and for Eidos Montreal. At least... It would for me if I was looking to acquire, if I was looking to spend my money on something, I'm looking at a return on investment. And if my only return is the contract of ongoing of development support, that's going to be a lot lower than than the uh, potential big big box you're going to get from a big time release, right? Uh, so hypothetically, I'm just thinking like maybe they saw that as their investment opportunity with them is to acquire those studios and be like, we'll hold on to these and then we'll flip them back to Microsoft because we know how entrenched they are and we know Microsoft wants them. Right. I'm not saying it's like a backdoor deal or anything between Microsoft and these and these other studios or or whatever. I think it could just be smart business. The other thing is you have to look at the taste for AAA. Does Embracer Group have that right now? Right. I feel Who like they do. But Saints I mean, Row kind of flopped, so for them, right? And then the uh, situation with the economy is not what it was and. You know, the game industry is on a slight decline from what it was at the time when they were expanding like crazy during COVID. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe you don't, they don't want to fund like a five or four, three or hundred million dollar project or something like that. You know, Jasper, did I just ruin your? <laughs> I don't know. I was just listening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where I was thinking. I was like, I, I don't, Either they had something in the works, but that they can't work on now since they've been bought. That it was maybe tied to like Square Enix, or they didn't have anything in the work and they just got them. So what does Embracer yeah, do with them? You, they if you buy them, don't you like? Do you buy them to work on other people's games? You know what I mean? Like, that's I mean, there's like, whole there's whole studios that have came up around being a support studio or a yeah, but studio, Crystal so. Dynamics and Idols Montreal are not those studios. But you, maybe you Embracer's know? vision for that is like. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know, but you know that whole Unreal <laughs> event they had with the big Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, uh, Tomb, <laughs> Tomb Raider. You remember that Tomb Raider announcement there over there at that Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine event they had there? You know, Tomb Raider was shown. Uh, that drew a lot of hype, you know, and that game's supposed to be in development, but like, when is that potentially going to come out? I don't know. You know, like, did they say it was a reboot or anything? Yeah, it's like a re. Boot, boot make thing. A reboot of a reboot. Yeah, it's yep. just re redoing the brand again, you know? So I don't know. I think there's something know. to I, this, man. But you I, I think you can you can make enough money off of a company like Microsoft using them as a support studio so it could kind of cover some of the costs. Like and looking at the they they bought three studios from Square and dissolved one of the three. And kind of, you know, split up the people into yeah. the the two that are remaining. Maybe that that's to kind of keep costs for them, operating costs low. You know, use them as a support studio. Collect enough of a, a check from Microsoft. Use them as a support studio that, you know, it kind of at least gives you enough of a return on investment that would probably last them until I don't know, like up it's to also a year less after risky this doing that than. As to making a triple A game, 
like you're guaranteed like like the guarantee income with them being sports too versus the risk of trying to make a new triple a experience is like probably less there so yeah well we know that yeah, if, if they did announce tomb raider so there has to be like at some point a triple a game mm-hmm. but but i don't know if it'll be embracer group that's releasing that at the end of the day that would yeah, be because they got all, they could always sell the uh or license out the Tomb Raider IP to like Microsoft or whatever if they wanted to, or they could just sell it with the studio. Yeah. I, did, I think they maybe gave the rights to those game franchises back to the studios essentially. So like, if Xbox acquired it, remember the reason Xbox made a deal originally with Tomb Raider is for their answer to Uncharted, right? Mm-hmm. Now they kind of got that with Indiana Jones coming, you know what I mean? But you don't have control over that IP, right? You have to license it anytime you want to make a new Indiana Jones game. Right, and we know Microsoft loves like having control over their IP and their brand. Right, they don't like doing the license deals for content because uh, they don't have control over what the future of that franchise is as much. You know what I mean? It's always predicated on other things, and you got to re up your licensing deals, all these different things. Right, so um, if you own Tomb Raider, then you have your answer built in, ongoing in in the future to that genre automatically. And I I feel like I feel like Embracer Group pulled like a brilliant move in getting them, knowing that they were going to be valuable to Microsoft later on. And I feel like that's probably what's going on. That's just like that's it's a it's a theory. It's some fun speculation, <laughs> right? It could just be just like hey, their existing contract they're going to contracting out. Eventually, they'll release Tomb Raider under Embracer Group, and that'll be the biggest AAA game that Embracer Group's ever released. It could happen. That could happen. But it's not as much fun as the alternative. I always <laughs> thought like Square Enix was really stupid for selling um, for selling all those other studios. Yeah. Square Enix is going all on the NFTs now, man. Uh, you gonna you gonna invest in the Square Enix NFT? Uh, it was it Symbio Genesis game three bit? Probably, probably not. <laughs> no, um, you're an I mean, NFT artist. NFTs have a very negative um, reception to it for a lot of people, and then you'll ask them, "What is an NFT?" You'd be like, "I don't know," but <laughs> I, I think NFTs are. I I don't. It's like I, I see it for for gaming as like microtransactions. Like I don't I don't want to see it, but it has potential benefits to it. Like I don't like microtransactions, but what is the benefits of microtransactions? Free to play games where you get the game for free and whatever. But I don't really see it as a huge benefit. But um, NFTs, I think what's cool about them is let's say you do, let's say you have a golden BR in in Halo. And there's only like three golden battle rifles you can buy. With an NFT, you actually would own it. You would actually you buy the the golden thing, and then only you have it. Yeah, which means you should people. be able to sell it to somebody else. And you can sell it. So that's the thing with NFTs. So like you buy that golden gun, and then you can sell it to someone else on the market. So, so which means kind of that like, like just like people that have a shit ton of money and expendable income would end up owning all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it that's the benefit to an NFT. Like it's just like uh if if you do <laughs> implement it in games, it has 
some more it has more value i i guess than like a normal like skin or something he has he has like resellable value but i also hate microtransactions and games even though i i buy stuff all the time yeah i feel like it, it's ruined a lot of game design in a lot of different ways but yeah this is uh, uh gonna be interesting can't stop the future yeah with uh with this i i don't think square knows what the hell they're doing as a business honestly <laughs> They're um, complaining about like one of the the, the super complaints I I seen from them was like wow we need to appeal to a wider market and we're we're not able to do that while simultaneously getting rid of your whole western division <laughs> and and then not only did we're you on get the rid cheap of your... also right huh we're on the cheap also yeah they didn't oh. get, they didn't get a lot for that in, in fact they said they were taking a lot of the money they made and investing it into the NFT stuff <laughs> yeah barely selling it for for anything and then you're like wow why can't we reach more people and you're limiting your games to like one platform so <laughs> it's like how can you grow when you have like those major uh those those two major issues like if you want to appeal to more gamers put more games on xbox put more games on pc put you know they, they do some games on switch which is start i guess but like you can't complain about not reaching a wider market while simultaneously limiting your wider market yeah it's like how to tank your business 101 (laughs) (laughs) exactly like it's like oh we want to appeal more to the western market let's get rid of our whole western division and sell it for like (laughs) nothing i don't know it it was such a dumb decision to me because to me a lot of the square enix games that appeals to me is not the games that they have like me and jackson (laughs) we've talked (laughs) about this on other shows like the games that appeal to me that comes from Square Enix was their Western division. Yeah. So it, it helped for at least for me that that they had diversity of their Western division and also like their Final Fantasies and, and stuff like that. Like you had a mixture of both. Like I could dive into some Western games like, oh, cool. I'll check out some other games from the other side as well. But um. You chose to like kind of limit your library in a way by just having that. So I don't know. I always thought that was a really dumb decision for them. But yeah. they always hated their Western division. And we've said that on shows before they even announced it. It was like just so clear to like all of us on this panel that Square Enix really hated their Western division. Like even if the game sold well, they're just like, no. Oh. It underperformed. It underperformed. We don't like it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So I don't know. It was always clear to us, but it was it was almost gratifying to to get that article a few months ago, um, where it's just like, um, what was going on, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Squares. Uh, they just they just keep, they always do one thing and say another. It just doesn't make any sense. Like I I, I just don't get them. Uh, eventually, maybe they'll get their uh, stuff together, but. Maybe it'll be when they're part of another company, you know, because I don't think they'll Xbox, last that long uh, by themselves. Uh, they're not doing well, right? So, uh, but and who knows? Maybe it'll be Sony. Maybe it'll be Microsoft. Maybe it'll be somebody else. Um, Embracer. Embracer <laughs> will buy the whole building next. Maybe, you know, uh, who knows, man? Um, what quick prediction uh what will be shown at the Game Awards, Jasper, from Xbox? Uh, hmm. 
I was trying to think of uh maybe the uh Xbox like streaming puck thing or whatever the fuck it's called. The uh, yeah, my Phil Spencer already yeah. said that that's like on the shelf for literally his oh, shelf okay. and on the shelf for a while because they <laughs> okay. Then, uh, he said if they come out with a device like that, it'll be years away because they uh, uh they shifted and, strategy um, to the TV apps. He's basically saying your theory sucked, Jasper. Yeah, yep. I was uh, on the board. We had talked about that. Like, <laughs> it was going to happen soon because it was on a shelf, but you know, it was literally a proto- the prototype, and they had put it, uh, shelved it quite literally, uh, and shifted focus to doing this partnerships like with Samsung and stuff instead. But he said that if they they want to do a device, but I think, but like if they do it, it'll be like years away. Mm. So. so maybe a bigger fridge. <laughs> 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 they do have a smaller fridge coming. They do have a smaller fridge huh? coming. Yeah, they have a so, even smaller fridge. Yeah, they got a smaller one. So that's so why I said maybe a bigger one. Yeah, I want the the Keurig, <laughs> the Xbox Keurig. Uh, what about you, Fuzz? Like, one prediction? What do you think Xbox is going to show at the Game Awards? Hmm. We'll probably do this again, like right before the Game Awards. But yeah. I'm just curious. The early prediction. <laughs> I'm, I'm from from my standpoint. I'm hoping it's um, avowed, or or whatever Obsidian's going to have available next. And I think avowed is on that list as far as for next year. Um, but I also think we get to see a game that we've never seen before. And fingers crossed, Brand it's Compulsions movie. game or something completely unannounced. Nice, like a left Starfield release date. <laughs> I, I, me, Pong, and, and PTK were going back and forth on what what our predictions are for Starfield's release date. So far, the the days that we have are, uh, was it February third of twenty twenty three, really? Uh, March twenty third of twenty twenty three. Too early. Uh, um, <laughs> the the one that probably makes the most sense, but is highly unlikely that I'm I'm going to call is January 31st of 2023 and the significance of it is the first rocket launched into space uh 65 years ago on that date hmm. um and then I think the last one or the the more recent one cuz of uh, they fucking put for... it in July cuz that's when we first went to the moon wasn't it I think so. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they I, honestly, I think they need to do it before E3. And I think Pong was saying like 523-23. You know, have it in May. It's enough time before E3. You have the momentum from that release rolling into E3. And then you can just show what the, the next year of uh Game Pass uh lineup is going to look like, or the next 12 months of the Game Pass will look like type of thing. July sixteenth is when we uh, landed on the moon, so they could do it like and next week after E three or whatever, or in two, a couple weeks, just go play Starfields. <laughs> um, that's a good thought. I I want to I want to chime in on that Starfield. I think will be like end of summer, I think it's like June or July. Yeah, they said first half. I don't think no, they're going to July sixteenth on the Sunday. So I don't think they're going to meet that. I think it's going to be pushed back again to the like early, like late, late summer, early fall. So I'm thinking like July, August, September. Because uh, my only reasoning with this is just because of how fucking big that game is, and they 
like it with the amount of stuff they have coming with Redfall and Forza Motorsports um as well like you don't have to release that in the first half of the year the only reason they would feel pressured to is because they said it was going to be at the E3 show last year like uh, well, everything is here within the next 12 months you know that Starfield's going to be in the next 12 months um but you know things get delayed all the time and i i i hope it's in the first half i really do but redfall i, I think it. is first i feel like forces before that so based on the fact that there's two big titles i'm thinking there would be the third one released potentially one more for the for the holidays i season. think at the game awards we'll see forza motorsport gameplay for the game awards mm. yeah that's my prediction <laughs> be like see this didn't win game of the year last year so we'll show you fucking gameplay <laughs> yeah <laughs> i really for that's what i think will be there i my hopes would be to see hellblade again but like more yeah. in-depth gameplay for it i've already seen it but, i just want the game at that i know but i really want to see it again i love no, just show the release date <laughs> yeah i'm sure it's going to come out next year it's true right? Mm. <laughs> maybe like late next year Hel- the, like- the holiday 2023 will either probably be slated for hellblade 2 or avowed mm-hmm. they literally show hellblade when the series x was uh Revealed. being announced yeah That's they literally so showed uh metroid prime 4 when the switch was coming out too so uh <laughs> <laughs> True. yeah and they also but like three bit at that was it the 2019 uh e3 show the digital one they had or was it 2020 i don't remember but they had like the five games next gen games forza motorsport was at that uh, fable was at that um i think avowed was there mm-hmm. um and stated to k3 um there's five games mm-hmm. and what was yeah. the other one and we haven't seen a perfect dark was the other one so there, there was there was five announcements of games right and we have seen no updates from any of those games i believe except for uh forza Mm -hmm. we haven't we well we did get the game awards perfect dark trailer right that was uh, showing up the game awards right Yeah. yeah 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 so we got that trailer right we got um I think uh, State of Decay showed like an image. State of, State of Decay <laughs> had the um, oh the deer that was screaming the, the deer the trailer. Deer. That was the, that was that trailer that they had at that same show, right? They, I don't, I don't know if we we haven't seen anything from Fable. We haven't seen anything from uh, State of Decay three. We haven't seen anything from Perfect Dark. We haven't seen anything from Avowed, other than those original trailers. Which has yeah. been like two over two years now. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy for no like new trailers or anything for those games. I just think Forza is probably the furthest along. And if well, they want to keep the yeah. appearance that they are weak, <laughs> I would show Forza. 
Yeah. Just, I'm just, if I'm it, just oh, okay. I see what you're saying, right? Like, you know, play the show they're weak. Play the weak card. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Keep playing the weak card until they own Activision. I'll just show, show yeah. Forza. People like, oh, look, Halo, here's Forza again. Haha. <laughs> and once the deal goes through, start showing what you actually have. <laughs> the other thing I'm curious about if they could wait to release Starfield until the ABK done, deal's done. That's what I would do. I wouldn't show any of your bangers. Just because, you know, the whole thing about, well, you can't make this exclusive or whatever. You know what I mean? If that's if that game takes off and is a huge thing, can they use that? I don't know. I I don't know how much goes into that, but uh, maybe not release it officially until the ABK deal is done. Potentially. Yeah, it, wasn't know. it rumored that Sony was kind of doing the same thing that they uh, canceled their they, showcase? They don't have a big show this year, you know? Yeah. And then a, Palm- they, the last show they had was a killer show. It was only like a 20 minute thing. Yeah. And on the last PM, the PM and the PM before King David, uh, when I was on, uh, Pong mentioned that, um, that maybe they delete, maybe the show only focused on this year because of the deal. And that really made a lot of sense to me, um, to, to focus on just, just focus on the year and stuff, not things far out. Yeah. Um, uh, because of what's going on with the Activision deal. Mm-hmm. Um, which I never thought about. I criticized the heck out of that show. Um, if you <laughs> go back in some of our videos, but like I uh overall like why don't they just show what's far ahead? Like they have so many titles, it it, it hurt the show not it's having like both companies are playing their cards closer to their best. Yeah. Their so but now they're all playing Marvel Snap. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just um, focus on little games. So you could be onto something with Forza because that is next, and you gotta you gotta take advantage of announcing release dates for some of these games. Like Forza Motorsport needs a release date. We need a release date for Redfall. We need a release date for Starfield. Those are the three that we're expecting release dates on that are supposed to come in the first half of twenty twenty three. Uh, so that any one of those could potentially be there uh, with a release date. Um, I think they do show one of the other games that has already been announced again because it's been too long. Right, mm-hmm. so I would say either Perfect Dark, Avowed, or Fable. But Fable, they then interviews with uh, Matt Booty and stuff recently. Like they said, they're not they don't want to show Fable yet. So there's also um, been rumors of like Avowed, like getting reworked into Unreal or whatever five or whatever. Re- yeah, it was, some reworkings right? so, with some of the mechanics of making it way better of a game than it ever was going to be originally potentially. But like. Uh, that's some of the, what the rumors are, but I don't know. Maybe maybe they're ready to release another vertical slice because part of that reworking stuff, the same rumor that you're talking about, uh, Jasper, was that ba- the new vertical slice that was seen had a lot of those new mechanic, new things in it, right? So maybe that vertical slice is just a glimpse of what we would see potentially at the Game Awards. Because if they did something like that, it's, it, takes, it takes a lot of work. Usually, when you make a vertical slice, it's like either it, I would imagine as a game developer in three bit, like it's to show a proof of concept to, uh, you know, the bosses to get approval to move forward with something, or it's for a showing. Yeah, ver- vertical slice is mostly everything that will potentially be in the entire game within like a short level. Like, think about an introduction. Uh, like tutorial where you do everything like think of like assassin's creed 2 for example you have to climb up the tower you have to jump in the hay you have to hide so it's kind of like a vertical slice is 
seeing most of what's going to be in the game in like five minutes. It's like, what can you get out of the game in such a short time frame? And then once you really like what's in that short time frame of that vertical slice, then you try to match that with the entire game. Um, so most games try to do vertical slices and sometimes they'll, they'll do one in the very beginning to sort of pitch the game. And then they start working on the assets, the story, yada, yada, yada. Um, and in this case, maybe they did another vertical slice because maybe they had a, a, a smaller team had a better idea on how to do maybe some mechanics. Like in the trailer, they have like a lot of magic. So um, maybe they figured out a cool system to do that. And then um, that might have changed a lot of aspects of their game. So maybe they made another vertical slice and then that means they they build out the vertical slice and maybe they that ends up changing a lot of the level design and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, and these yeah, are all just rumors. I think so. a lot of it come from the same sources, like the same people that have all, a lot of the rumors in the Xbox community. So um, we'll see. I, I'm excited to see whatever but it is. I would usually there's not too many like there's stuff here from Xbox, but I like two I things. wouldn't expect three release dates and two trailers. Like, no, I think, that's too I think much. two things. I think you <laughs> yeah. get two things, two big things yeah. and potentially some small stuff. You know what I mean? Like some indie showcase. You get like game the game passes, passes a real, a yeah, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. But I think you get two big things, right? They've made a big showings at the Game Awards the last several years, so I would anticipate the same thing. Um, but we'll see. Um, all right, let's get everybody out of here. Wow, this time's been ticking on as almost three hours. Hey, uh, three bit amazingly talented one. Thanks for gracing us with your presence again. As always, appreciate you, dude. Where can everybody find you? Uh, everyone can find me on Twitter at i3bit, um, and I am on FSP on Mondays. I always forget to say which show someone on FSP on Mondays at 10 o'clock Eastern time with everybody here, and and plus uh, Psychonauts, um, who couldn't make it here today, but he is awesome, and he should be on the next show. So uh, that's pretty much where you guys can find me. Thanks for the awesome conversation. Uh, I appear on uh, Xbox Ultimate. You just got to click your heels three times and I'll pop up every five or so. <laughs> um, but no, it's always a pleasure to be on these shows. And uh, I'll see you guys on the next one. Appreciate you, bro. Have a good one, man. Um, Fuzzy, uh, appreciate you as always as well, bro. And tell everybody where they can find you in the 18 podcasts that you are on. <laughs> Uh, it was awesome being on here with you guys and everybody in the chat. Um, just for finding me on uh, this podcast as well as others, uh, tomorrow night, Shop Podcast, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on PTK Blam's channel. Uh, on Monday's Xbox uh, Lunch Break Special at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Double Barrel Gaming, FSP, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday evening. And uh, Breakfast with Boom Friday morning uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, also on Double Barrel Gaming. And then right back here on Xbox Ultimate, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Look forward to seeing you guys then. Right on, man. Appreciate you. As always, Fuzz. And then there's the realist lore master, Jasper himself, um, who has been pouring more time into Marvel Snap. And he's <laughs> also been catching ghosts on Phasmophobia. that he's been playing Call of Duty. Crazy. Yeah, we're gonna uh, you. yo 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 yo. No. <laughs> <laughs> let, 
<laughs> Lord Jasper on Twitter, uh, Lord Master Jasper on YouTube. I've been kind of streaming and putting out more videos recently, so check that out. Also, tomorrow night on PTK Blam channel, I'm the guest, so check that out. That's, Ooh. I think, 9 o'clock Eastern. Mm-hmm. And Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern is FSP with these people here. And then it's back at Xbox Ultimate on Fridays at 9 Eastern. Right on, man. Uh, thanks, Fuzzy. And thanks, I mean, Fuzzy, uh, Jasper <laughs> and Fuzzy and 3-Bit. Appreciate you guys as always. Um, chat, you rock as well. Uh, Vic the Click, Talos Ray, the Sousa, Just, Justin Saiyan, uh, Alvin, it's Tim A. Um, all you guys rock. Appreciate it. If I don't get your name, sorry. Spooky, what's up, man? Um, Talos Ray, how's it going? Uh, thank you all for watching audio listeners appreciate you as well everybody who listens on spotify apple Podcasts, um google Podcasts, all that all those places you rock as well have a good one take it easy everybody bye me later